This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. everybody to wrestling omikaze this is i believe episode 36 i'm not sure because we're now in recording them out of order territory here so this week on omikaze you'll be hearing this about almost two weeks after i'm recording it because this is the slide into my back pocket episode so you won't be deprived of this great amazing podcast while i'm busy visiting spain uh, which I'm leaving for in exactly one week, actually. So, since I'm going to be overseas, I figured we'd record a topic. We'd record on a topic that could be evergreen, a topic that really has no danger of sounding, you know, out of date, you know, two scant weeks from now. And that topic is one that's actually been requested multiple times by 
both listeners and uh, both of the guests on there. <laughs> I don't know why. I really don't know why. But I'm I'm a, a person of the people, and I'm going to give you exactly what you wanted. I'm going to give you the E wrestling wrestling omakaze. It's E wrestling omakaze, everybody. And my two guests at this time, both returning guests. First of all, Mr. Michael Spears, theoretically my co-host of Open the Voice Gate, a podcast that does still exist, I believe. But you haven't like watched any Dragon Gate, so <laughs> I'm the podcast is going through my Dragon Gate withdrawals right now. Where I'm not really well, not withdrawals is the wrong word. Like my my Dragon Gate don't give a shit. I don't. I'm not really not which really is, feeling feeling the Dragon Gate right now. So, which is kind of crazy considering that they had probably one of their best matches of the last two years. All right, I'm gonna watch month. it, Mike. Mr. Take your become and take your take your lucha, eat your lucha vitamins is becoming eat your Dragon Gate vitamins for me now. Hey, I I have to say lucha is a weird and lovely watch, but no, uh, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I joined the lucha Slack. Uh, when we, we we recently reorganized the channels on the Voice Wrestling Slack. I did not join the lucha Slack for a reason. So, uh, did you're just afraid of seeing people get hit in the head with boxes of beer bottles? That's okay. That's a reasonable reason. So, that's fine. And our other guest is an also returning guest from a critically acclaimed Hall of Fame episode where everybody talked about. We spent about five minutes on one topic, and pretty much every reply we got was on that topic. <laughs> so, we'll see if we can recreate that somehow. Mr. Rich Crace of the Voices of Wrestling flagship. Yes, Hello, I hope Rich. to have just as much uh, Trish Stratus content on this. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm going to find a way. One of us had to have e-fedded or uh, role-played as Trish Stratus at one point. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll dig I, into it. I definitely role-played as women, but Trish Stratus was <clears throat> not one of them. Okay, well then, um, we'll, we'll figure out a way. We, my, we haven't heard from Mike yet, so we'll see, uh, see as far as that goes. But no, thank you for having me. This is a topic that's been near and dear to my heart. And uh, yeah, Mike and I both, from almost the minute you started saying, hey, you know what What ideas do you guys have for the show? Him and I both said e-wrestling, e-feds, e-feds, e-feds. We bothered you for about a year now, and you finally done it. So thank God. Yeah, we succeeded. All, yes, all, it we took was, all it took was me going to Europe for the first time in my life. To <laughs> But I'm yeah. glad to see you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> By any means um, necessary, we got it done. That's all that matters. But yeah, so e-wrestling, that's today's topic. Now, if those of you out there might not know what that is, and you clicked on this, um, I don't know, because you just click on podcast randomly without looking at the title, what what is e-wrestling? Let's say, Rich, what would you say e-wrestling is? How would you describe it? So e-wrestling, I think the easiest way to sort of say it, uh, it's kind of run it down as it was a very, I, and I know it's still around it, it, in some form and fashion i know some people still do it a, a pretty decent amount but i think it's heyday was definitely in the attitude era like the late 90s early 2000s as kind of the internet was was exploding and more and more people were able to get, get on and and, and accept, you know access the internet more easily through you know aol and any other different means and whatnot but uh i would say the best way to sort of describe e-wrestling is you essentially it's a group of people that sort of creates an e-fed which is you know a uh, a digital online wrestling organization take over the roles of characters, whether it be real wrestlers or their own made-up characters, and then they role-play. They get into matches. There's people that run the, the e-feds, and they will book the matches and then send results and, 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 and type out results. Or some people would use, like, No Mercy uh, or on the Fire Pro. Fire or Fire Pro. Pro. There was, that was a very popular one as well. And now I see a lot more that use, like, the, the current WWE games or whatever to do it. But either way, you have your booker. So it, it's set up very similar to a real wrestling company. It's a guy comes up or a guy or girl, you know, comes up with a wrestling company. People join it. They assume characters, and then it kind of goes from there. And, and the yeah, role plays yeah. and are there's kind of multiple, the promos. There's multiple different ways to 
like because I don't want you to get too specific on this because there are, and we're going to get into this. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ways to actually decide quote unquote who wins. And there's some that are, there's some that are very similar to actual professional wrestling. And there's some that are more like an actual competition, which is funny because it's like you have a fake version of fake sport <laughs> that's now <laughs> has a real competition, which is really funny. Yeah. So, And there's even like, I participated in some, and I haven't seen these around in over a decade that were actually full on RPG games. So you would go and you're like, you'd set up your guy's stats and someone would either use a program to simulate who would win or that there was one system I was a part of that once was completely like dice and pen and paper based that like someone like made like an RPG based around it a lot like dungeons and dragons so like you would list like your stats your move sheets well yeah someone someone asked us about one i think it was michael uh michael levy levi he asked us um about like the pen and paper ones that like apparently that existed before the internet was a big thing that there were like pen and paper rpgs and i vaguely remember hearing about these um during my e-wrestling days but but obviously that's well before my time so I don't have. I'm sorry, Michael. I don't have any. Inter- yeah, no, any no. I, I I didn't participate in those obviously because I was born in 1987 or whatever. But yeah, same, a lot same, of the like, ones, like we're all the same age. Here, right? Yeah, so we, yeah, we're yeah, like we all yeah. come up in like this certain era. I think we're yeah. the, the era that we're going to talk about in terms of e wrestling is probably very similar. So our scopes are, are similar. But there used to be like a play by mail, and I have no like it's it's incomprehensible of how people could possibly do this to me as you know like a, a quote unquote millennial that like yeah. people would send in their role plays and like put it in the mail or something and then send it to <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing like why. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that, though, where it's just like, how the fuck did people do this before the internet was? Yeah, right. It's like when you think about, if you're like, okay, let me give a great example. If you're, when I hear like stories, I go to anime cons a lot, lot, right? And I go to like, hear stories of people talking about what anime fandom was like pre-internet. And it was like, yeah, we would just, um, we would just trade tapes and we'd like subtitle the tapes ourselves. And then we'd send them over people, just like wrestling people did, I guess, with tape trading. And you'll see really funny shit sometimes. Like there's a famous image that was on there from like an uh, like a really old school like Dragon Ball Z subtitle video where like a guy in the middle of the video just says, "Hey, fuck you, Mike," or something <laughs> like that's on the credit screen. It's like no thanks to Mike. And I'm like, man, I want to know about like early late '80s, early '90s like Dragon Ball beef that this man put. Hey, fuck you, Mike, <laughs> in the subtitle of this video. But yeah, there's all this shit like that where it's like they did this stuff before the internet somehow and it's like i don't i don't really get it at all yeah i know when when i first started efetting it was the way i did it we can we can kind of get to our backgrounds here in a little bit i'm i'm, I'm sure yeah. we're going to kind of lead to that but when i first started it was mostly email chains and it was like i went on aol one day on the mm. wwf like chat room or whatever and there was some guy who was like hey i'm starting up an EFET, and i had no idea what it was and i was like yeah whatever like i'm 10 i don't okay. do all day so so you're you're earlier than me even okay yeah. so, okay so let's get let's give this so you're 1997 Right. That's basically your. This is old. this is basically late ninety eight. I would say. Okay. Late ninety eight. I, I got into it. You're like yeah. ten or eleven years old, and you're doing. Um, you're so you're doing it by email because by the time I started, I want to say I was probably like thirteen, fourteen, so like ninety nine, two thousand, and that was more like it was like very crude message boards. Yeah. Like you remember mm-hmm. like those pro board things. Oh like, yeah. Or like the I don't know if they're pro board. It was those ones with just like a black background and then just like a bunch of like threads. And like replies to the threads. That was like my first EFAB was like those boards, basically. Like it didn't have an actual website. It was just the boards. Yeah. So, so Rich, how did like these by email ones work? Because I heard about them, but I never participated. My background is a lot closer to John's where yeah. it was. I was like 13, 14. And it was like the 
early Bolton board days. Right. And I would say the majority of my e-fetting what was done on like the Bolton boards and on those message boards, like you said, the crude, like really terribly designed, like whatever <laughs> insert random company that just like I, you spit out a board in like 10 seconds or whatever. And, and, but the email I, think, one, I don't think the one was, I think describing was pro boards. I think pro boards. Actually no, no, that's that new. There was new ones. I was looking look. at it. Cause I was actually trying to go and find some of my old role plays. And I think one of the sites was like, fast boards and it was, yeah. it was weird ass. everything with z's too because it was like the late 90s so you had to be cool and like hip so it had to be a z with like a dot net so it's like fastboards.net or something like that because you know you gotta be cool dot coms are lame but now you know but uh so as far as the email ones the way that those sort of they were really weird it was just kind of like this giant chain email where people would like it, it was it was completely unwieldy like i don't know how anybody did this for very long like obviously being 10 or 11 it didn't bother me because i was like oh cool internet oh cool email like yay this is fun like now i would just absolutely hate it but mm-hmm. it essentially was like everybody got put into like a blind carbon copy so the booker would 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 send out the message and sort of make up the matches or whatever and then bcc everybody that was in the efed and then everybody <laughs> in the efed would just like send the role plays back and forth but they weren't like they were really crude role plays and that's how i remember sort of starting out is they were your basic like one or two line little promos or whatever just kind of back and forth jabs or whatever and for, for people that aren't aware like the role plays were essentially the promos that would go on between yeah. the two so like you would they would set up the match or whatever the book or whoever would say you know wrestler x versus wrestler y and then you would just sort of send promos in and this is it was very similar in this sense it just wasn't quite as long as they they would come in the bulletin board days where i thought they kind of grew a little bit but as far as the emails it was basically just like i'm road dog or whatever and i would you know tell you know triple h hey you suck go to hell and then like i'd send that and then like triple h oh, so, so, this is like real, so this is real wrestlers i think i started off real i don't okay. exactly remember if i started off real and and then i soon came to hate real wrestling efeds yeah, and only went to the character-based ones and always got mad at people and i was like oh you're not real if you're doing just you know taking over a character that's not the same you got to make your own character but so that was the email one it was just this giant email string that had to be annoying and unwieldy and it was very very good when i got away from that went into the bulletin boards and into the message boards because that's much more pleasurable and and much less daunting than to open your email and get a thousand emails and it's just a bunch of dudes screaming at one another with their fake characters or whatever so it was it was kind of unwieldy in that sense but yeah that's how it kind of started for me and that's sort of how the email ones uh worked so i i think what happened with me how i found it was like i was I was playing fantasy something, some fantasy sport, probably either hockey or baseball. And I just got it in my head to be like, I wonder if there's fantasy wrestling. And I just Googled that. And then it came up with all this stuff, which is, you know, not at all what you think of. Like if you search for fantasy wrestling, this is what you would get. You would get e-wrestling and stuff. So that's how I found it all, I think. And like, you know, so when I started, like my very first e-fed was, and here's a question I have for you with the email ones and all of the stuff. You said some of your role plays. I remember when we talked about this off the air, Rich, were very problematic. And I'm sure mine were too. But did you haven't did you take part in any feds where they actually have rules in the language? Because I definitely did. There were some feds that were vi- that actually had a lot of rules about cursing and like slurs and stuff like that. Even back yeah, then. Yeah, no, they definitely did. And I got thrown out of a lot of them because of that. Because like I'm I'm eleven or twelve or whatever. And that's that's one of the reasons why like I'm not entirely sure. Like I don't really want my old role plays out there because like <laughs> well, I, like you're an idiot when you're at eleven or twelve. Like that's oh, yeah. even like you know on the last voice of wrestling flash we talked about Will Ospreay being an idiot and like tweeting like a moron because he's twenty four. God only knows what I was saying when I was twelve. <laughs> when you're twelve, you're like, Yeah, I'm gonna swear a lot and like you know, yeah. you're like so I'm sure I have like really terrible like nine eleven jokes or something. Like God only knows what I have in there. They're probably just really bad stuff. But uh, I remember getting out of a few of them because they were like the I love a joke can i can like, i top you can i top you on this <laughs> go ahead yeah sure no i don't know exactly what i did but what am i so one of my um and i'm just gonna just be really real here one of my best friends at the time in e-wrestling was this guy named tom 
and um actually michael might remember tom he he was around a lot he's like do you remember the t with the, the capital o yes i do okay so you know what i'm talking about so he was this guy who was like very very like um you know 4chan edgy i even before 4chan was really a thing and he actually printed t-shirts that said like i'm talking probably like a year after 9-11 not even that said like i crash your planes but like all the language, the spelling all messed up and sent me one <laughs> and like i got this t-shirt and my dad saw it and he was like what the hell is this and i had to be like look i did not tell him to do this God, he just kind of did it but it was like yeah so that's that's the kind of like people that you know not that everybody in the wrestling was doing that. And yeah, no, no, not no. that I think Tom is a terrible person or anything. I just want to, in case he somehow he happens to listen to this, which I doubt. But, but yeah, that's what we were all doing is like, like you know, uh, 15, 16 year old dipshits at the time was like sending each other I crash your plane t shirts. Yeah. And like, I remember like my first characters, I didn't do real character e wrestling at all. Like, I just, I jumped right into creative characters and, Funny enough, the way I, I jumped into it was my little brother, who must have been like 10, found out about this first and signed up for one. And I was mm. like, and in retrospect, you're like, a 10-year-old definitely should not have been involved in this. Of oh, yeah. My little brother was too. It was funny funny yeah. enough. And like he his idea of um, writing a, an e-wrestling promo involved like his character calling calling himself the N-word. So, even though his character was not black yeah, it, it, it's right. just it's just one of those things and the, that's eminem culture right there probably yeah, that's yeah, like, that, yeah in that era uh, so. and, and i forget if this was mine or my brother so it, it's on either the spears children about how we were when we we're 10 which as rich said everyone's a dipshit when you're 10 uh we created two japanese guys i'm gonna say we because i don't remember if it's me or him and they were kind of stereotypes because we are self obsessed with kai and tai <laughs> <laughs> like funny. WWF Kaintai, not like Kai, oh, oh my God. not like Goku really Pro. And I remember their guys, it was Ninja Dude and the Samurai. Hell and- yeah. <laughs> okay, and- my first my first wrestling character is called Enforcer. Oh nice. That was my first like created character. And mm-hmm. like I brought that one back repeatedly. And you know, to show you where my mind was at in like um like 2000. I don't know where it was, 2003 probably. Like eventually the idea was going to be that I brought this character back and there was going to be like a gay rape scene. And that was what Enforcer was going to be used for. It's like, oh, I can use this character for that because, you know, that's the thing I can use him for. And then somehow someone talked me out of it, thankfully. There was a promotion though. Uh, John and I ran into in similar e wrestling circles. That's kind of how we we knew we've known each other. I guess off and on, maybe for like what fifteen years. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Something crazy like that. Like we were like I. I, Well, later we can try to figure out where we first crossed paths. But there was this one e wrestling company. Oh yeah, I know you're going to talk about the asylum. Yes, the asylum. That was (laughs) basically instead of being it started off not as e wrestling but e UFC, and this was like early 2000s ufc so like before like they really started getting back at it and one of the things that but eventually became more and more violent and more and more sadist and they had people die they had people get raped on it and it just was like one of the people getting castrated and it was one of those things like when i saw the script i was like okay even for like edgy like 12 like 12 to 16 year olds like this is not right like to this day but like the, the, there were some of those that like took like the excess of like what we're talking about about people being dumb dipshit like 10 and 11 year olds to a higher extent and yeah 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're a teenager or whatever, you're just thinking like, well, you know, I like what that gay rape scene thing, I was probably just like, well, that's that's what prestige dramas do. And yeah, you know, it's, it's like Oz or something. I'm gonna do that too. And then you kind of realize, well, a, a fucking fake wrestling thing is probably not the best way to express myself. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but people did it though, as you as you're basically saying. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, and it's I totally one of those... about the asylum. Yeah, and it's one of those things that, like, I look back and luckily, I mean, I e-wrestled, which is a really weird thing to say out loud now that I'm thinking about it, but I did e-fetting off and on pretty much from, I'd say, 2000, and I did pull up my last ever role play that I did to 2011, not continuously, not continuously. That's still way longer than me, though. Yeah, but like part of the reason why I did, and I think this is going to be this would be an interesting thing to kind of get into, is because I legitimately became very good friends with some of the people that I did mm-hmm. e wrestling with. Like I traveled to Canada for one of for 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 a best friend's birthday or weddings. She got married, and it was like okay, we've been doing this for so long, we became really close. And I went to her wedding. And oh, was that just, Ames? Yeah, yeah, that was Katie. Okay, yeah. So, so like the so. One of the one of the guests that we had on, I think three episodes ago, Aaron, who was on the um the episode we did on, oh god, it was like Royal Rumble and the New Beginning and uh whatever the fuck they where were they? <laughs> Sapporo. Osaka? Oh, or... No, Sapporo. Mm-hmm. The, the New Beginning Sapporo shows. That one of the dudes on there, Aaron, he's a dude I've literally known from e wrestling since like two thousand. Mm-hmm. So like he's probably probably the best friend I made in there. But yeah, like he's a guy. I've never met him, but I've talked to him online for like probably 18 years because of that. And we met him and I met him in e-wrestling, same exact thing. He was in, he was in a promotion I really liked and, you know, we just started talking. Yeah. But yeah. It, um, it's really cool. It was, you, you do meet, that's a, the the one, like if I had to take one really positive thing out of being a teenage dipshit <laughs> online, it was just, you did meet some really cool people and friends that you're, I'm still friends with to this day. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I always mention when when, when I do tell people that I used to eat fed or whatever, and of course it's only like you know pros that I tell that to her, you know, because try to actually explain that to anybody. Like my mom would always be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, just talking about wrestling with people." Like, because how do you even like properly comprehend to, to, to <laughs> like an adult that's out of here? Like, yeah. So when I go on as I do that, like I feel like she would be like, "No, stop doing that." Or like, "No, I'm unplugging your computer. You can't do that anymore." But uh, one of the things that I really always talk about is, you know, I did it probably from. What did I say? 1998. So like late 1998 until about 2003, I did it up until I think either junior year of high school, I think is when I eventually just kind of stopped doing it. I got too busy with some other stuff. And and one of the big reasons why I got busy is because I started becoming, I became like the editor of our school paper. I started doing layout and stuff. And I always attribute that. And I always look back at, at, at what eFeds were sort of able to do for me when I was 10, when I was 11, because you talk about the message boards and that sort of thing. Well, when they sort of grew from the message board posts, you had a lot of people then that would make their own websites, whether it be Angel of Fire, you know, yeah. Tripod, GeoCities, like those sort of sites. And then they would put the role plays, they would host them on their own little sites or whatever. And that's, I started doing that. So from that, I learned how to do, do web design. Like I taught myself web design so that I could have cool looking role plays or whatever. I, I eventually went on to start, you know, a few eFeds on my own. And for that, obviously you need a website. So I learned how to, you know, do web design from there. You need graphics, you need logos. So I learned, you know, graphic design from that. You know, obviously you're writing these role plays. So I learned writing from that. I learned editing. You know, I would go and and I would do some of the results when I own those companies. You know, I would book stuff and, and do those sort of things. So I got better at typing. I became a very good typer. So like, I was oh, yeah, looking at sure look at the typing thing for me is a big thing. That was yeah, I, absolutely. I, I like I'm an amazing it. typer now, and I like yeah, I yeah. know why. It's because I had to sit up there and, and do that. But it's like what I always look back on is is you know really my career now is 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 based in 
multimedia stuff. And I don't know that it would have would have been if I, I if I had not done eFeds because I look and I remember being 11, going to the library and like buy, you know renting books or, or you know getting books on on HTML so I could figure out how to make my role plays look cool and 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 you know buying a copy of of Paint Shop Pro, which is what I first started on to learn graphic design and stuff. And sort of from there, just kind of building and building and building. And a lot of what I do now is is you know both in in for Voices of Wrestling of kind of running this site and then also in my real job is all of it is a lot of times based in like digital media and, and writing and, and editing and, and, and craft design and stuff like that. So I really look back at that as like, yeah, it was kind of a silly, stupid way to waste a ton of time. But then I think, did I really waste it? Because it all sort of helped me later in life. And then like you guys are talking about those lifelong connections of guys that, you know, I met doing role plays and met doing efeds that I'm still friends with now that I still see all the time. Like I talk about this on the voice of wrestling uh, podcast sometimes, but Matt Cage, the recently retired uh, professor, Matt Cage, he was a guy that I knew from efeds. And then like one day he was like, Hey, I'm going to go like train to be a wrestler. And we all laughed and he disappeared. We're like, all right, whatever, who cares? And then all of a sudden, like 10 years later, I see him pop up on on youtube and i'm like is this the same matt cage and i reach out and i'm like you're are you this matt cage that said he was gonna go and he's like yeah 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 and we we like caught up and it was like we were old friends we hadn't seen each other in 10 years but we had you know talked to each other for five six years on and off and now you know he lives in chicago i'll see him at a bar every so often we'll hang out we'll say hi or whatever and it's just like we our relationship our friendship started on fucking efeds and it's just like what the hell like it's it's yeah. you talk about that or you talk about going to canada to, to be with one you you too i mean for god's sakes like it's really cool and 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 i noticed when you asked for questions as well on twitter there were a lot of people that that tagged their friends and there was an i, I think carrie uh carrie awful uh the wrestler i think somebody tweeted him and like oh i was in efed with him and then and i'd imagine like i don't know exactly the numbers i have no clue and i'm not sure how many are going to be willing to admit it but i'd be very interested to see how many wrestlers current wrestlers a bunch that are yeah, like 28 to 32, how many of them, or even 27 to like 32, how many of them did EFEDs? Because I would venture to guess there are plenty that do it. I don't know if all of them are going to admit it. I know if sure plenty did. I know a few and that were in like our circle and stuff. I don't want to say any because I don't know if they really want it. No, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it's like, it's yeah, pretty it's nice. <laughs> But there's definitely like a, a few on the US Indies that mm-hmm. I know for sure did it. So I don't know if any of them want their names out there, but. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of those things that, like now, I think it's fair to say that efedding for where it's at in comparison to where it was in like attitude era and post attitude era because it really kind of held on. I feel like for another like few years after, yeah, like to like oh five oh six, right? I yeah, think yeah, that's what, that's what I'd say. But it felt like that that was like a unique way of forming communities that like we don't really see that often, at least with with younger like teenage wrestling fans then again i'm not on tumblr so who knows what's going on there but like well i mean young people are too busy like uh, here i go i'm gonna sound like a really old person but it's like it's (laughs) very very much like they because we didn't have social media right right so we didn't have this way of just like sharing our like you know every detail by ourselves which is why i think a lot more a lot of us like came up with these fucking fake characters instead it just felt like kind of a world where you could do that still yeah like you're just behind this fucking screen so you could do whatever the fuck you want yeah and we still i I still don't like when i saw when i see matt like in person i call him like matt cage i feel like really and that's like his wrestling name too but there was one time where he was out on a date that like walked by and i was like matt cage and i was like oh god i'm like i'm so sorry like i know that's like he's like whatever it's fine it's fine whatever but like he still calls me by my what i was mikey gleister was the character that i really started to to, i really used a ton and forever and he still calls me that he'll still he'll call me mikey or whatever like it's so ridiculous how we've sort of and and you know people will use like usernames now so i know it's not that much different but we really took on these personas we really took on these mm-hmm. characters and i think a lot of people would sort of when when you 
met these people in real life, which happened a few times, you always had a lot of trouble distancing them from the character. Like Mikey Gleister was not me on any level whatsoever. It was a fantasy character. It was not. Oh, like, yeah. Some people have like representations of themselves, you know, maybe mm-hmm. turned up a little bit. Mikey Gleister was not me at all in any way whatsoever. It was very much like my outlet to sort of have fun and do things that I wouldn't normally do and, and sort of let loose or whatever and, and, and be kind of funny and, and, and do some kooky things or whatever. But that's not me at all. But when people would meet me, they would think I'm that guy. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not really, you know, that's just my, like, you know, when I would type and be creative, that's sort of my outlet. But it was, it was really interesting to see those dynamics. And I think you're right. It wasn't the, the, the dynamics. Like, I don't know if I knew half the people's real names. That, yeah. that were on there or they, if yeah. i did i knew their aim names which that still i mean then i would know them by their aim you know usernames or whatever because there wasn't a facebook there wasn't really any way to to, to know these people's real names and real lives and where they were actually from and all that sort of stuff there was still that anonymity that obviously does not exist on any level today or, or to an extent still exists but you know if most people don't want to have that anonymity want to be you know very well known of who they are and and, and what they do yeah and then like when you when you moved on to like the uh, the circle of like us and that Michael and I were in later where it became like you would give your real name and you would tell you, you could even have multiple characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when like, I was really able to to do stuff that like, you know, I realized in hindsight was like me kind of like expressing my gender identity kind of mm-hmm. when I was able to do a lot of like, because Michael tell you, I had a lot of like female characters along with male. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of felt, it just felt like really like, I don't know how to say it, like comfortable and cool to do yeah, that. No, that's and, awesome. And it was like obviously, and you know, in fucking two thousand three, I didn't know what the fuck gender queer was, but I just knew, <laughs> I just knew like role playing a girl made me happy, so that's what I did. But yeah, it was very. It, I think it was very liberating. It it was for me in a way that like not like like your way, John, but like for me, like I grew up in a pretty cloistered area of Texas. Like it is, it was a part of a bigger city, but it was like very lockdown is probably the best way to put it and for for me in a lot of ways like it, it was a very homogenous way but for me like being like 12 or 13 like have been seeing the same people my whole life like going to class with the same people since i was five it was like a way for me to actually meet people and kind of find like out ways of who i was as well like i would not have been able to like express myself or like be able to like i probably would not have like my my friend let like I'm just going to name her again because she'll probably listen to this and she'll make fun of me for this. But like my friend Katie, she she was the one that both John and I did did things with. But like at that time, I never talked to anyone from Canada. Like I never would have like formed like a friendship like that. So like in a lot of ways, it was kind of like forming pen pals and, mm-hmm. in a way. And like the friendship based on that. And it, it let you kind of like express yourself. And especially for me, like how I was brought up, it was like being able to discover new things that I would not normally would have if i just had my normal everyday life in texas so it was really neat in that regard but when we get more specific i don't want to make it all sound like sunshine and uh daffodils no no it wasn't there's a dark side here (laughs) and when we get to the specifics we can talk about like some of the downsides because there's as as for anything with humans there's there can also be a lot of drama um but let's talk about like the specific types so we talked about how there were real wrestler ones and fake wrestler ones. Those are like the two that are very, that are very different. Like that's one way to differentiate um, immediately. Mm-hmm. And the real wrestler ones, you know, I think, I think that's kind of in its own universe. I mean, so I, I would come across them sometimes and I, and I never really took part. But I just kind of looked at them. Mm-hmm. It was a really weird little universe where they would have like these increasingly like elaborate websites like they used to have like a lot of flash a lot of the ones i would run into around this period yeah and they were like they were very like flashy and just like 
by I mean like literally literal like the flash uh software and also just flashy and like yeah they would have like you know I don't know just be, it would be really funny to come across one where like some because I guess that was whoever got that that wrestler was a good role player like Mark Jinjak was their world champion for eight months or something and Stone Cold Steve Austin's like a jobber or something because the guy who was Stone Cold was really bad at role playing like that would you would see those and you'd be, and you just laugh you know so I used to come across those a lot. That'd be like the real wrestler ones. I didn't really take part in that many of them. I guess I don't think either one of you did either, right? I never did. Yeah, I did like that first time that I did, and then I never did again. Like I think one time, like later in life, I was like, ah, let me try this, and I think I did like one role play, and I was like, nah, it's stupid. Like yeah. I, I don't really like. I it's it's it never felt right. I never enjoyed it. There was to me, there wasn't a creative outlet doing that. And some people would say, oh no, it was cool because you could kind of put your own spin on this guy. And I was like, well, at this point, like if I'm gonna, you know be Mark Jindrak, but then make him completely different, then I'll just make a new character. Like, and yeah, that's what, Mark and, Jindrak, so. and that's what I felt like the Mark Jindrak guys and people like that were, were doing. And it's like, well, at that point, why don't you just... Like, like Mark Jindrak uh, is like the head of the Nation of Domination yeah. and is like a born-again... I'm like, what the... No, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to like make my own you yeah. know, character then at that point. No, so yeah, that, that always... Like, I did it a little bit when I first started and then I really decided that the, that I enjoyed doing the real... Or the, or the fake characters or the, you know, created characters a lot more than that because yeah. it lets you sort of you know expand your horizons a little bit even though a lot of people would make their you know fake characters but then whatever their pick base was and we'll talk about pick bases here yes. a little bit yeah. sure. you know that's the lingo kids if you're listening but uh um a lot of times that the the whatever picture you would choose would sometimes project onto your character as well and that would be some so people would kind of get away from that they'd be like you know ice cold you know tom sawyer or whatever and, and, like, and then still colder yeah. and it's just like oh come on like that's not mm-hmm. really like you are and then like he would exact exact you know act exactly like some cold steve austin and you're like ah oh, come on dude like that's kind of shitty but then there were your real guys that went like real deep into it and stuff or yeah. you know whoever your pick base was would not be in any way related to your character or maybe like really small part of it but not really you know essentially the same character or feel very similar to that so it was, it was good to see that that sort of takes shape so but yeah the real wrestler ones i i want to reiterate though like i did not pull mark Jing, mark jinjack out of thin air i know i came across <laughs> at least one real wrestler that was like dominated by a mark jinjack so As it should be. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. Um, but yeah, so that's the real wrestler versus creative wrestler. So the creative wrestler ones, you know, you would just make up your own wrestler and that would be your wrestler. And you just, you know, um, the, the ones I was in earlier, you know, and I think the ones you were in, Rich, or you can tell me if this is wrong, but it was like competitive role playing, right? Yeah. So the way that they would be sort of judged is you would have your booker um, and, and maybe there'd be a few other people that were sort of pegged as your you know leaders or whatever you want to call them owners or whatever you want to say I always, I, it was would, always like to me they, they had booking committees which i was yeah like, yeah like, like i yeah it's very weird like what are we doing like this is so, so weird or judges like, yeah yeah, the, judges yeah. Yeah. yeah i guess that was the way that some people would sort of refer to it and then yeah what you would do is you would sort of you know they would say okay this is you know we're having this either a weekly television show or like a pay-per-view or whatever like very similar to the structure of like a, a, a wwe or or uh, WCW or whatever. So you'd have your weekly yeah. shows, and then your big pay-per-views or whatever. And they would book the matches for those shows, or the pay-per-view. And then the guys would obviously role play back and forth to each other and call each other out and, and talk shit to each other. And then the judges, owners, bookers, whoever would then sort of decide who had the better role plays. But now, like in my, like a, in a lot of my history and a lot of my background of it, there wasn't really any specific re- It was just like, this guy's sounded better. And I wasn't sure if people even wrote the red, all of them, or were just like, well, that guy wrote a lot. So I'm sure he's better. Like yeah. his design web design was better. And that's why I learned how to do like web design too. Cause I was like, I was losing a lot and I was like, Oh man, what the hell? And then I started saying, Hey, I gotta make my role plays look better. And I started getting these, like you said, flashy filled gigantic things and, and great graphics and all this sort of stuff. And great by like tells one standards of absolute yeah. garbage today, but you know, a lot, a lot of fire, a lot of, you know, bevel and stuff. Oh, but so much fire. 
fire and bevel. <laughs> but in those days, fire and bevel was the shit. Like everything had fire and bevel and drop shadow, and it was like, well, yeah, look at that. That's a fucking good. So, so they were professional. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. So they were ones like that, like they would say they were deciding it purely on role plays. They're also ones that were like call themselves hybrid, where they'd be like, okay, we're occasionally we're going to have matches to further an angle or storyline we're doing. So we'll tell the participants ahead of time. So right. As long as you knew ahead of time, you were yeah. all right with it. Because like yeah. I remember sometimes getting on an OC board and being very, that's another lingo term for it. We'll get yeah, that. Like, getting like board, very yeah. upset by like, and then the guy being like, I'm sorry, we're just trying to do this angle or whatever. And you're like, all right, whatever. But like, you know, I really bust my ass. I wish you would have told me ahead of time. So it's, 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 yeah. And then the role. So the, so what you're talking about too, though, I would come across some role play feds and I, I wasn't in the role play feds for super long. It was just like when I started out, but there were some that were really fucking serious about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think one was like called primetime championship wrestling or something. Oh, I remember. Like prime time. Yeah. And like, they were super fucking serious about their role plays because like, they have all these rules, like okay, you only three role plays per week count. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they have to be this many words, mm-hmm. this many words minimum. You can't like a lot of them went so far as to ban all those graphics and stuff, and it'd be like, no, you just have to make your words count. Like I saw a lot of that, and like they just be like they were, and they would be like, and they would give you like feedback, and they would fucking tell you why somebody won. So yeah, like some of them, obviously the less, I guess, quote unquote serious ones would do that. But then they, they people would write these fucking like novels almost <laughs> yeah. like yeah. with these fucking fake wrestling. Like for the PCW one, I would go through there and see the role plays. I'm like, why don't you just write a fucking book? Like you're writing and think of, I'm saying this. I, I, I'm the person that writes like, you know, 20,000 words every time I take a shit or something. But like these people were writing just these fucking novels. And I was like, oh my God. But yeah, like it was really, really serious business. Uh, winning these fucking fake wrestling matches. So. And then and then there'd be like ones that would give you rules that would be like, okay, you can't do like so-and-so, because a common trope was someone's theme music hits and so-and-so go runs down the ring and picks up the microphone and cuts yeah. a promo. There are certain, certain they say you could do this many promo ones and so this many character ones. So oh, like yeah. that would be like, okay, a day in the life of your character. Like what would they yeah. be doing thinking about the match? Like trying to build character on it because they got kind of tired of the back and forth like who owned each other the most is who won the match like they actually tried to get more people to do writing i guess yeah, and that's writing. that's really what i did i mean the majority of my role playing as i sort of matured and and, and moved on and i would say the majority of, of of what i did was sort of day in the life stuff so what it essentially would be is the first you know thousand words or however long they were they were they were very long <laughs> i'm looking back at them it would be like just this my character and like his manager or whatever just what they would do going to las vegas going to here like doing like weird stuff and like i, I don't even know how i came up with these ideas I'm, I'm reading some of these now and just laughing about it but then what would always be is then at the end like the last paragraph or whatever would be then like i look at the camera and then i sort of cut my promo like I, here's my day in the life and then okay now now i gotta get down to business here okay here's what's coming up this week and now i'm gonna prove to x that i'm gonna beat him for the title or so that was always it was like day in the life and then the last thing would be the promo but i would always do that there were a lot of people that like you said did the in-ring stuff or just did the promos i always liked the idea of the story telling the narrative telling the story of your character and then when it was all said and done have your you know in your last paragraph or so be your okay well now let's get down to business here's my sort of promo promo but i always found it more exhilarating to do kind of the story and, and the day in the life stuff too because i thought that was you know, a little cool and it's like well, you know it, that's the part that sort of grew from it because i initially thought it was just the promos and then i did i, I started seeing people do these day in the life stuff do these narrative based things and i'm like this is kind of cool and it's like now you're telling your story you're writing these you know fun little you know like you said mini novels or whatever which is just kind of crazy to do is like you don't need to do this there's no real reason to do it but it just kind of felt fun and, and i enjoyed doing it I want to be the world champion, baby. That was basically what it came <laughs> yeah. down to. But yeah. 
and, and that's actually where a lot of kind of the controversy that we're talking about gets into it is if you were like if you were un, if you felt like you were improperly judged or someone liked someone else or if it was a better friend of someone else and they won you would be get, that's that's part of where e-fed drama started from i feel like that's like the core of it in a lot of ways oh yeah like, they they are... real wrestling is much more mature and you don't care all that much <laughs> about your wins and losses or how you're you know well, I was gonna how, say... the, how the booker likes you and whatnot thank god real wrestling everybody's yeah. does you not know, do that so now we're gonna get into this even more i think when we get to angle <laughs> which is michael and i did which were even, yeah even more like real wrestling for this but like okay like people would people cared about their wins and losses a lot in this which sounds really silly but like you're saying, this is just a fake version of another fake sport where theoretically I, people care a lot about their wins and losses there too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's very it's very interesting. I, I mean, sometimes though, especially when the era of WWE we were in, you know, the post-attitude era, it felt like people cared way more about their wins and losses in this <laughs> than like the real wrestlers cared about their wins and losses anymore. But yeah, I don't know. It's very... Uh, it's very interesting, but yeah, a lot, a lot of these like really high profile like role play feds. I remember like there being like all these flame wars when people would get upset over losing matches or be like, "Well, why does this guy keep winning? His role plays aren't even that good," and blah blah blah. It'd be like a controversy. So that definitely happened. But yeah, so do you want to get into angle feds now, Mike? Should we talk about our little part? Yeah, of the, the, the 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 secret in history of John and Mike. Okay. <laughs> So, Rich, I don't think you were – were you in any feds like this where they – what they're called angle feds where there was no competitive aspect at all? The, the winners were all predetermined? Um, No, I don't think so. I think everyone that I got into was, was yeah, more of like the, you know, your, yeah. your stuff mattered or whatever. And there would be – there would obviously be angles and there would be all that sort of stuff. But, no, everybody, like – it would always be, you know, you had to at least, you know, find a, uh, you know, it would be judged on, on the role plays or whatever. Never one where it was just like, you, you know, we have predetermined ideas and we're going to go with it no matter what. So no, no yeah. So angle feds to, to describe, to explain this, it was a, a whole like other circle that I, I just kind of stumbled into at one point, I think probably like 2001. It's about when I started getting into this part of it. And like, you know, it was a lot, the biggest uh, federation in that circle was this group called the FWO which was the, the fans wrestling organization. And it, it actually had like a weird little following because it was, do you oh, remember? I, do you remember I think it was the fans wrestling federation. We, we almost crossed oh. paths boys, but we wow. just missed it. So. <laughs> do you remember Rich, the website, the squared circle? Um, I don't think I do. Okay. It was kind of a, I don't know if it was like a big, big deal, but it, it was a big enough deal that I'd heard of it before I heard of FWO. It was like, um, Oh God, what was that guy's name? Like JZ or something posts on there a lot. And like some other people. I'm trying to remember. Maybe, I, no, maybe, no, no, no. The other arena, I think it was The other it. arena was the one, yeah, because yeah. that was the one that Travis also ran. So I don't know if you heard that, Rich, but probably not. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I, it doesn't ring a bell. So it was like a, it was a, it had like a little active board. It was kind of, you know, people were into it, but, um, you know, in a certain corner of the internet wrestling community. But yeah, the FWO was kind of like their federation. So like it was originally like hosted on like on the same site before it kind of split off more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of it, like the, the circle basically was based around it, even though there were other there are other federations. So people would kind of want to get into this thing. And I feel like that was everybody's goal who was in this group of like angle feds, quote unquote. But it was really hard, actually. Like, especially it was difficult. Like there years. was no like most e-feds when you come across them uh, would have like open applications. Mm-hmm. You could just join. They had no applications. The only way you could get in basically was to know somebody and you know somebody says hey i want to put this person in and that'd be it so my end was that actually that that guy i mentioned way earlier that like 
um, wrote the or sent me the, the fucking shirt about crashing planes. That was my end to the FWL <laughs> because he was like, you know, he, he he and I became friends on some, you know, one of these. Mes- There's like these message boards based around all these promotions, and you know that he got me into the FWO initially as one of my first female characters. Um, and I, I kind of just kind of just kept bringing in more characters from there. Um, but yeah, so angle feds, the, the basic idea is there's no, there are role plays, you know, like you would post your role plays and they'd be like the day in your life kind of thing, but they wouldn't actually like, there'd be no comp- competitive aspect to it. You would just kind of either you'd have like one booker or in the FWO, you'd have like a whole backstage form where like people would be like, okay, huh? The negotiating. Yeah. Like you'd be like, okay, here's this week's show. What do we have? And you'd be like, you know, I, someone would be like, I need to win a match this week. Is, any, is anyone willing to fight me? Or, you know, I need to lose a match this week for this angle. Who wants to have a match? Or just, I have no angle going on. Who wants to have a match? And then instead of writing a lot of role plays, what these these feds would have a lot more of is people writing their own matches and writing segments on the show. So, like, the shows were like a... Because, like, I know in role play feds, a lot of the time it'd be, like, one or two people putting the shows together. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, like one guy writing... Whether, what are the results were just, like... Um, a lot of times the results were just, like, okay, this guy won. <laughs> sometimes the results were like longer matches yeah no those guys those guys are bullshit you had to do like me i would be out there like every sunday night i'd like r- finish my dinner as quick as possible so i could like write this like you know <laughs> the twenty thousand word pay-per-view and give every single match and every single detail of every single move, match move whatever that's why like unfortunately i don't know any moves these days and i kind of suck at it but man by like, in 1999 to like 2002 i knew everybody's moves to a T and could tell you an exact wrestling match because I had to type them out so many damn times. Yeah, so that, that was basically everybody here. Everybody would write their own matches and everybody had to write segments on the show too. Oh, were, okay. Like these shows were so long because oh, God. basically, you know, like the FWO especially, which is like, again, like the the um, epitome of the circle, you'd have, you know, it, it would look like these, these supposedly two or three hour shows. It'd be like 30 segments or something or 50 segments in between ten like matches. 10 matches. And it's like, yeah, if this show happened in real life, it'd be like 10 hours long. Mm-hmm. But like, there's just so many fucking segments and matches. It just goes, they just go on and on and on. But yeah, so that was basically it. Like everybody would have to write their own matches and segments. So the role plays kind of took a back seat for the most part. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the things about it that for me, like John had an end. They actually, the way I got in, even though I had a lot of friends that time that were in there, that never were to vouch me for me because I was a flaky ass 13, 14 year old at this time was uh, the guy who ran it. This was right at the height of survivor. The TV oh, show. Oh yeah. The yeah. FWO survivor. And he created this tournament basically based off it. That was basically actually bringing role play aspects into an angle fed. And it would be like, okay, so many P so many handlers. That's another term handler are people who control characters, especially that was more used in angle feds versus role play feds. But I was like, like we, like the three of us were all handlers of, of wrestlers, but like it would take like either eight or 16 people. And like, there'd be challenges like who can write this, who can do that, who can interact that from there. And eventually I got in through that one. Cause I joined in through a tag team one where yeah. me being the, uh, I think I was 15, 16 at the time being a huge fan of both sunny day real estate Jimmy World and Dashboard Confessional. My team <laughs> I made were called the Emo Kids. Nice. 
And, my wife was probably a member of that. So that oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and their names were were exact ripoffs of uh of like musicians. Like it was one of the guys was named Atkins after the guy from Jimmy Eat World, and the other one was named Caraba for the guy from uh, Dashboard Confessional. And it was just like a crazy like competition that was kind of cool because it added all these things into it that was missing from an angle fed. And I, I guess the thing I remember most from this, and one of the reasons why everyone wanted to get to the FWO if you were an angle fetter was they had the best wrestling wrestler graphics around. Because, yeah, poser. Because they used the software, and I don't know, Rich, if you were out by this time, but there was Poser, which was like this cheap, really bad 3D modeling software that people would like be able to make like skins for and like f- and like fabrics and be able to make your wrestler through Poser instead of using like pick bases or drawings or anything like that. Oh, interesting. No, I knew uh, some people use 3DS Max, if I okay. remember correctly. Is, is no you know what i'm looking at poser right now absolutely i was still around during the poser days i remember downloading it now i'm looking at it right now yes I, I i didn't necessarily get into it as much as other people did but i do remember doing a little bit of the poser stuff so yeah, yeah. i mean the big reason why the fw people everyone want to be in the fwo is because it was the only one that had like quote-unquote fans mm-hmm. like it's not it's not like in looking back on it it really wasn't that many people but at the time it felt like a lot of people and it was just you know, people would actually like post in threads that weren't in the FWO that made it clear they were reading this shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no other promotion that can say that. Like, I ran other promotions. You know, I ran IOW. There was Jolt. There was a couple other ones. I and, was like, in Jolt for a bit. Yeah, I was in Jolt for a bit too. But like, they not the first one though, the second one. And like the these promotions are cool, but like it was clear that no one else was reading them except the people participating. Whereas your FWO, because everybody wanted to kind of be in the FWO. Yeah. That was even the people in the other promotions. They all just kind of read it. So you, it was very clear that everybody was reading this promotion. So it felt like you were in this exclusive cool club, basically. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not at the bottom. But at the end of the day, that's what we were. We were a bunch of teenagers trying to be in the cool club. Um, and, but then once you get into like the so, – so what I was just saying before, though, with, with an angle fed, this is where it really starts to mirror real real wrestling to me. Because you have this group, right, of like, um, you know, like I don't know how many people were in there, probably like 30 people before like the Survivor thing even started. And like clicks would form. Like oh, yeah. fucking fucking clicks would form in these e-wrestling. There was a group like – I remember they called themselves the Rat Pack. Yeah. And, like, it was like six – it was like six or seven people, and they, they would all – they would – you know, work with each other a lot of the time, like do do storylines with each other. And they, you know, they, they made it into like an angle on, it was basically like an on and off, uh, in, in, and, in and out of character thing. But like, it was very, and like a lot of other people didn't like them because it was like, they stuck together. They were the fucking click mm-hmm. of, of the FWO. And the same way like clicks would form and stuff like that, people would get heat with each other and people would get upset with each other over having to do jobs or, who the champion was or why they're they, why they weren't getting a bigger push or, you know, like all that shit would happen. I remember at one point they made this guy um, like Travis, who was ultimately the owner, decided to make this guy spider the FWR world champion. And people really like threw a fit, um, you know, like really were pissed off about it because they thought he didn't, he just, his character came out of nowhere. They didn't really like the, like him becoming world champion. And it became like a big drama because they were really pissed off that this guy was being champion. So, yeah, I mean, it was really, like, people got really fucking upset about who held the world title, who held, like, the big belts, like, what, who, who was losing to who, who wasn't losing to who. And, and, I mean, it's funny that Michael brought up that that Ames person, because I acted like such a fucking asshole to her when we were in FWO together, because I had, so I had this character named Exias, right? And 
you know, he, he reflected, uh, he reflected me in a lot of different ways at the time. I mean, first of all, I made him into a huge weeb, which very much reflected, reflected and continues <laughs> Thank God to reflect. some change. Thank God yeah. you moved on from that. So. <laughs> um, and like, I, so I, so I had him come out to Japanese music and everything. And, you know, I, I also, if you looked at his boob set, it's like, hmm, I wonder who uh, John's favorite wrestler in 2003 was. It's like, what, like seven different Exploder Suplex variants. <laughs> it was like, that was the entire, exactly his entire moveset. But no, but the other thing was I had, I, I got a reputation for not doing jobs to people. And, you know, I, I, I finally had, I had Exodus lose a match to this Ames character who was, um, you know, she, she's a, she's actually a very nice girl, but like very, um, you know, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but like, you know, she, she drew heat at the time, let's say. And when she beat Exodus, like I, like I took shit from people um who were quote unquote fans like a couple people told me like why are you having excise job to her this is terrible and hindsight i think part of that now is sexism but you know being an idiot at the time i was just like yeah this is this does suck i need to explain this and i had excise start like a losing streak to explain why he was able to you know he lost age because he's on a losing streak right now he's you know not not his best and then like the katie the real person behind age got pissed off at me for that and it was like, yeah, so that like that's just an example, that, not to say anything about Katie, but just to be like, this is like the kind of stupid shit that would happen. And like she and I like were pissing each other for like six months after that. So it's just like that's the kind of fucking EFED drama that would happen. So Yeah. And like I remember a time that this is actually like after FWO that there was like a group of us that were really close friends and we 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 like started playing stuff like Battlefield together, like, and we wanted to work together and stuff like this. And we did like this really controversial angle that like someone got beat down so hard that like that like it like that they like were out for like six months. And everyone's like, "Well, why didn't so and so come? Why didn't you write so and so in to come stop them? They would have stopped them." It's like because it didn't involve you. <laughs> and, and and then we had heat with them for the rest of the time that this company exists, this Fed existed. It was just like, okay, these people are everyone viewed us as assholes because we were doing our thing. And we're like, no, this was our story that we wanted to tell. I'm sorry. We didn't incorporate you into this. Yeah. This was after I left you. right. Cause I think I, Oh, th- this was like, Oh nine. When this, Oh, happened. okay. Yeah. Way yeah. After. yeah. Cause I was gone for February. I think by like, Oh five. I, I forget what my exact years yeah. there. Yeah. So, so, Rich, what was the best drama you had? Well, actually, yeah, I'm glad you guys brought this up. And I'm, I'm actually, the reason I was kind of being silent is I just found, like, there's some guy on Yahoo Answers who was looking for my, like, circle of eFed people. There's <laughs> no way for me to contact him. But I, like, looked up my, one of my old eFeds, and this is this guy, like, six years ago was like, hey, was anybody in, like, this eFed circle? I'm like, me! It was me! I was! But I can't find him, so I, I don't know how to uh, actually contact him. So, anyway, but uh, I don't know what the hell he's doing now. But uh, he hasn't responded on Yahoo Answers in seven years, so he's presumed dead. But uh, the the <laughs> organization it's exactly and, and i'm glad it's sort of um brought up one of my the the biggest dramas that we ever had on on any sort of efeds is so there was this one company it was the fans wrestling federation uh fwfwrestling.com i remember the website off the top I'm, I'm like at the wayback machine right now to confirm that's what it was and it absolutely 100 was what the the company was and so what i remember now and, and i'm glad i sort of went to the wayback machine to, to look at is is they had a power plant which was aspiring people that wanted to get into the company because the company was one of the top you know in, in our little circle one of the top efeds but it was it was like you guys said it wasn't just anybody can join whatever it was like they had a roster of 25 people or 20 people or whatever and that was rock solid like you were one of those people it was really tough to get in 
and you had to go through the power plant. So it was like this thing where I remember I always aspired to get into there and, and I was, you know, they let me into the power plant and I think I did like uh, six or seven months of doing, you know, the power plant and then role playing on, you know, that to try to get to the big leagues or whatever. Well, what actually happened was is they brought a few of us up from this power plant or whatever, but that immediately started like a click of these like young hotshots or young upstarts. We were all kind of the same age, all of us. We were all, you know, 12 or 13. And a lot of the other people on the roster were a little bit older. They were 16, 17, 18. And it was, it was a class war. It was like this, you know, the youngster, it was like, you know, millionaires club versus, you know, the, awesome. <laughs> the new blood. And like, we sort of started this click. And like you said, there was that, that real click and we would lose a lot of matches and be like, look, like our role players are better than those guys. Like, I know that they've been here forever, but you gotta, you know, let us get a little bit of love here. And, and it, it, it caused, like a real big controversy and eventually a lot of us just stopped role-playing and then they started hating us because like they brought us up and then we quit and like you know they i remember one of the guys emailing me or or, or you know it, it was on icq or because they would always use icq so i do remember that now it was on icq and one of these guys being like you know you've ruined like five months of storylines that i had ready for you by by you quitting or whatever i was like you know mr cm punk over here and i was like no i'm not you know i'm not being you know <laughs> utilized properly so i'm out of here so go fuck yourself or whatever and it was just like this really weird thing and i remember uh, eventually for it was it was until a few years ago that if you looked my name up on google like one of these guys pages would come up and it was like this guy just insane was his name because of course yeah every yeah all of them yeah yeah everybody every efed at least had to have one just insane but uh if you looked up my name and i feel like it, at one point somebody who tried to em- employ me looked my name up and found that like Rich Krejci was like did not follow through from these storylines that we had. It was like I'm not hiring this guy because I don't know what the hell any of this is. But like for whatever reason, it would come up super high on Google results of this guy putting me on like a do not hire list. But it was do not hire in eFeds because I ruined six months of storylines by quitting out of nowhere or whatever. But like oh, wow, I just nice. remember that was the big drama. There is like you know we all just did not feel like we were utilized. We busted our ass. We worked our asses off to try to get into that company and then when we got there we just kept losing and losing and losing and losing and, and it's like all right when are we going to get our shine when are we going to finally you know and we thought and because it wasn't a role play based one like you guys are saying or an angle based one it was one where we thought hey look like our role plays are good like we're good writers we're doing good stuff and we're not winning you know what's going on here and it was kind of old guard versus new guard so i remember that being a pretty big deal and then another company spurned from that the iwf and that's where a lot of us really shine and that's where i was i was in that iwf company for had to be two years and so pretty much until i stopped role-playing eventually i i worked my way up and i won their ch- championship and then that's you know the next time i lost i basically just stopped because it was like all right i got to the pinnacle i got to where i wanted to get to i'm, I'm kind of done with this thing or whatever but but that sort of spawned off of all this sort of power plant crew that decided all right look we're not getting enough respect here we're going to start our own company or whatever and sort of going from there and sort of working our way up in that new company and obviously different things happened along the way but, but that's sort of what i remember being that one thing where i finally got to that moment i finally got to the company i wanted to get to for so long and then I, I quit out of nowhere just because it was like, you know, I felt mistreated or whatever. And it's just really interesting that you would feel this sort of personal thing about this because you you and, and people sort of like you might laugh at it and think, oh, whatever. It's just but like you put your blood, sweat and tears into those role plays. Like you really cared about the characters. You really cared about the graphics and and how everything looked and how everything was. And, and when you didn't feel you were getting, you know, the respect that you deserved or whatever, you felt personally attacked and personally sort of hurt by it. And, and I remember that being a thing, like even 12 or 13 or whatever, I would get really upset about role plays i'd get really upset about the results i get really upset when i would lose and and it was like something that never i, I never got rid of that during role play days and of course now i look back at it and laugh and, and they're like geez why did you take that so serious but but it was i mean you that was a lot of our lives and a lot of time spent and, and when you didn't feel you're getting the respect it, it definitely did hurt and, and it's one of those things that like you look back at and 
at least for like the amount of time you put in there and it's insane like i'm looking at the last role play i ever did this was like in 2011 and it's five pages single spaced and i'm just like thinking about it, like because you're like i just spent like all this time that I could have been doing something else but you chose someone else and it just uh like for lack of better better terms everyone got kind of petty about stuff you yeah, know yeah. petty is a great word because at the end of the day, like we're we're talking about like all these positive memories and then and like things like that, but then we go back to like oh so and so should should have put me over, and it's one of those things that you're like, <laughs> wow, like now seven years after the fact, you're like wow, this is why I got really up in arms about and but you do you know what I, I so I remember like shit like that really like years and years later I can remember shit like that like I remember yeah. when I so I used to I did have a reputation for flaking and I you know like. Basically, I would get really into into it for like three months, and then I get really bored, and I would stop, and I vanish and come back, and vanish and come back. So one of the times I vanished, I think the, the last time I vanished from FWO, um, you know, one of my characters, Eternity, was the FWO Cruiserweight Champion, and I remember someone telling me like, you know, and I, I had been out of it for like months at this point. Someone would be like, "Hey, someone buried you on the <laughs> on the last show." I'm like, "What do you mean?" And I read some like segment on this FWO show with like I don't I don't remember who it was. But someone like wrote it, wrote me. Basically, they wrote me off. Like they hadn't done anything with the cruiserweight title when I left. I, I, I think I kind of was like, "Do you guys, you know, I need to take a break. Do you want me to lose this title?" And I was like, "No, no one has any ideas for it." It was probably like the seventh title out of seven or something. And so I remember I just wrote, saw this segment and like this guy meeting with the authority figure, being like, "Oh, oh here's the cruiserweight title," and him being like, "Oh, did did, did an attorney have it?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, but I don't think we're gonna be seeing her anymore." And the, char- and the character going, like, thank God. I'm just like, what the fuck? What did I do to you? I don't understand. Like, it was just a weird, like, burial <laughs> of me in this fucking segment. So, yeah, I remember getting pissed off. And that segment was probably why I never went back to FWO, even though I, I did other e-wrestling stuff. Because I'm like, why did you, like, bury me like that? And, and in hindsight, I realized it was probably because I flaked on them all the time. <laughs> but at the time, it just felt like a really low blow and like a personal attack and it was like you know you get really upset about this stuff but i i don't know i think i think it's just human nature anytime anything you put your work into sure. like i'm sure i'm sure if someone like added me today and was like john wrestling will cause you fucking sucks i'd probably be like oh well i probably would feel bad mm-hmm. so, that's how it is i guess so uh there is an aspect of e-wrestling that i wanted to ask you all about that i don't remember doing much of i knew people did were either of y'all like a part of like the uh, I'm trying to think what was exactly was called like like the straight video game based ones? I never did. I never got into those. I would always see other ones, but I, me personally, I never I never did. Yeah, John, I never. Did. No, I never wasn't part of any video game ones. Yeah, those were always the ones that like I thought were kind of interesting because people would like record, and this was again early days of internet like video like they would record like full matches that they would simulate up there and they'd upload these matches and it was kind of nuts to see which had to be ridiculous because it's like hard as hell now to stream like it takes me like an hour to set up like a live stream on youtube now in 2018 like i can't even fathom doing it in you know 2002 i I can't even believe it Mm -hmm. and like that's the thing that like always i always kind of found it interesting like the like small sections of e-wrestling that would do things like that like i knew some people did like Total Extreme Warfare and EWR based stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it's just that's always been the kind of thing that always interested me. We're like the we're like the outliers because like John, I, I don't want to speak for you, but like I feel like I was so devoted to like this one part of it that like oh, whenever yeah. I hear about cool. these other things, I feel sure. like 
it's like this completely different world in a way. And it's just like one of those things I always kind of find interesting. It's just like how these like communities and sub communities kind of develop that I didn't know if it, if either, if y'all had much interaction with those. I didn't really. I just kind of just kind of stayed in angle feds. Once I discovered angle feds, it was like, I don't really want to go back to role play feds. Cause I hated, uh, you know, not knowing if I was going to win or lose and waiting. It's <laughs> like, I rather just, first of all, I, I, you know, I got, I, I guess it would have been better. Cause I got a reputation for like fucking holding people down. Like one of the questions we get, we got is from Sean, another person. I could, I totally forgot about Sean all this time. Like Sean is the, the one I met in, in e-wrestling. Um, like originally, Mm-hmm. Like he's a he he was in the fwo and oh yeah because of other stuff and he, like he just kind of figured out that we lived like you know 20 minutes from each other so we kind of just we went from e-wrestling friends to being like in real life friends and you know i kind of introduced him to a lot of my friends at the time and he just kind of became part of the group that i he's such a part of the group that i, I honestly forget a lot of the time that i met him through fucking e-wrestling but yeah, I mean, like he's a guy I met through e wrestling around this time, and he and I, he's coming with me to go see New Japan in LA in a, in a month. So there's a there's an e- example of a an e wrestling friendship that lasted a very long time. So but I yeah, found so- a I found an alumni page for one of my old e feds. Okay. I'm gonna read some of these names. This is the most perfect like 2002. Oh, yeah. Like this Let, is let's read some names. Yeah, this is incredible here. So okay, <clears throat> you have Alex Xavier, Armageddon, Badass. Anzai, it just sounds like like stock creator wrestlers and like WWF attitude for like the PS2 or whatever. Uh, Chip, disturbed Greg Allen, Gravedigger, oh, disturbed <laughs> Greg Allen. I'm sure he used the disturbed. Like I guarantee you that if I go to any of his uh, role plays, if I could ever find them, there's definitely like a real media embed of like down with the sickness at some mm-hmm. some somewhere on one of his things. Uh, JT Money, uh, the aforementioned Mikey Gleister, whoever that guy is. Uh, Nova, the overnight mail. The Volt, Axel Foley, Deadman K, uh, Lex Two Extreme Two Dash Extreme. Yes, of course. Yes, because <laughs> everything there was everything. No twos were allowed. They were only you know the number two, and Extreme was only spelled with an X, never the E. Uh, Auto Bomb Rage, and then uh, Simple Scott Thomas is our. Simple Scott Thomas. Was he just a guy that just would go to schoolboy and that was I have it? no idea. I wonder now. Oh, and then there was Big Sexy Badass. I don't know who that guy was, but he came I'm gonna out. I'm gonna read off here. I got the FWO roster. Oh, beautiful. This, nice. This is from like 2004. So I guess we're like at a later period here. We have Ames, who we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, Austin Davis. Oh, mm-hmm. but the alignments are great because it could be face, heel, unknown, or mega heel. Oh <laughs> Austin Davis is a mega heel. Uh, an arrow in flight four with the four in Roman numerals. That's a Chikara name right there. Yeah, for Eli- sure. <laughs> Elias. Hey, wrestle at National for Wrestling Day, like just a few days ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> Elias or alias Alpha Beef. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Black- <laughs> just beef. Just beef. Black Quicksilver, Brand Frontier, Chris Carter, Cheese. That- mm-hmm. That's it, right? Yeah, Chris Carter's on mine. Yep. Um, Chris Universal. Cocky Craig Miles, The Code Master, Crucifix, Crusader, Mega Heel Crusader, mm-hmm. Dallas Jones, Deacon, Dexter Pratt, Dog, Donovan, <laughs> Donovan Winters, which I feel like is a great e wrestling name. That's Mega great. Heel. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like perfect. Yeah, Donovan Winters. <laughs> Dynamo, Eggdog, partners with, with uh, Cheese. Cheese, yep. Oh, yeah, of course. Legend, of course. Legendary, that was an all time legendary tag team in the EFEDs. 
Eli Flair, Elliot Har- again, another e- great ERC name, Elliot Harper, El Janito, Enforcer, oh, that's me, Eternity, that's me also, Exo Pure, that's also me. There you go. Great oh, name. geez. Come on. Well, that's why everybody hated you. You had like nine yeah. characters. The hell? A lot, of, a lot of people had a lot of characters. Just, yeah. Um, Flying Frenchie. Flying Flinch, Frenchie ruled, by the way. Like, like the guy who did that, Like he had like a full decade, decade long storyline where he was like a big, big heel, but he at the last moment decided to save the FWO and became like this, like, wow. aww. It was, it was heartwarming. <laughs> it was heartwarming. Flying, Flying Frenchie was great. Uh, Frankie Villani. Great Dragon, Halo, High Flyer, which is a great name and a great day, by the way. High yeah. Um, Ice, uh, Ichabod Michaels, <laughs> Jay, Jay Matheson, Jeremy Savage, Jim Carter. That was you, right? Yeah, that was my other person that attacked him. Joey Melton, Joey Villani, John Toru, John Crisp, Jacob Winters, another great wrestling one, oh. Kellen Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Kodiak Vic Creed. Uh, there's so many people on this roster. Lance Knight, Lindsey Troy, Lowell.com. WCW oh. 1998 here. Jesus. Oh, no. It seriously was like that. There was three shows a week at one point. <laughs> Mark Windham, Mike Heftel, Mufanga Kagos, Gnarly Nate, Nasty Nick Brandish, Omega. Every I guess not Kenny, but just Omega. Rat. And it's 2004, too. Maybe Kenny stole it. Uh, Rat, Ray Chavez, Rick Kronos, Rush. There's another one a wrestler could stole. Uh, Rot Rusa, Scott Slugger, Scotty J Bowman, Shirley Savage, Spear, Stevo, Thomas Harper, Tim Walden, Tony Davis, Legend Inc. Tom Lexian. Okay, Superstar <laughs> Vince Jacobs, Whip It Good. <laughs> Always oh, an all-time great narrative there. Would be mm-hmm. good. And finally, Exias. That that would be me. The character yeah. that held everybody down. But yeah, so there's the FWO for you, circa circa like July 2004 or something. Yeah, it was uh, uh like I like hearing those names. Like I remember Kodiak Vic Creed was like this really really like bad like Scott Steiner ripoff. Yeah, yeah. You can't bury anybody. They might fucking listen. You oh, never know. I mean, this is <laughs> this is now almost fifteen years later. Yeah, I mean, you know how I bury uh, me? I fucking sucked. Like, I go back and read my role plays now. Like with with Eternity, especially, I was trying to do all this like fucking spooky shit, and it's like it was basically just like, wow, I watched I watched Evangelion. Basically, <laughs> it's like I'm just ripping off Neon you know, Genesis Evangelion. And, and you could tell when people were like, were like, watched a whole lot of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or like. <laughs> Uh, or, or like we're really into like 24 like back then because like their characters would just be like exact ripoffs of those things or like ripping off like straight wrestling angles like that happened a whole lot too well they have to okay this is an interesting part though about the fwo i feel like the fwo was the one where like it was there were some people that were really into wrestling and you know i was obviously pretty into japanese wrestling and people were in, in lots of other wrestling there were a lot of people who didn't watch any wrestling at all yeah, like they had grown out of wrestling, but they kept up with this e wrestling thing, and so like they their matches would be weird because it was it was clear they stopped watching wrestling years ago, but for some reason they were still doing this fucking shit, you know. And I think that that that's not like too uncommon because I know of people like in my later e feds who did that that were just people that just were like the community because that was really uh, the the 
the longer you got into it or the farther you got into it, the more it was the draw was, oh, I want to write with so-and-so and so-and-so. I, I'm good friends with them. I, I haven't been in a fed with them for a while. Let's go join up and do it. You know, like that's kind of was the draw. So like you get people who have not watched a wrestling match since WCW died. That happened a lot. A lot of people who just gave up wrestling after WCW. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, I'm looking through it. Exodus <laughs> moves to the against just Exploder Suplex. A lot of them. Exploder Suplex 98. Pinfall <laughs> Finisher. Wrist Clutch Exploder. Uh, super Finisher. Shining Wizard. Rare Finisher. It's like, okay, I wonder what I was watching. <laughs> but, yeah. did, so, did you guys ever actually run any companies? Like, full on, like, design it, come up with the concepts, yep, get I people did. on it, like, all that sort of stuff? I joined yep. John's for a time period, yeah. Which one of mine were you ran? I don't even remember. I was in one of the Jolt ones where like you had like seasons and classes. No, that was I think that I think that was called Revolution Pro. Revolution Pro, yes. Yeah, I remember so being I ran, a part of that one. I ran that one. That was that was my coolest idea for an EFED ever. Where I I should have kept up with it. Where that was like really late into the game, so I kind of like I wasn't like a dipshit teen anymore. And I came up with this cool idea where it would be like you know um, almost like a wrestling school kind of, and the. You know, the first class would be this group of people, but then the second class would show up and feud with the first class, and, and they'd be like, you know, you know, right away, like two different sides, and then the third class would show up. It'd be like a whole big thing, but mm-hmm. it, it just died in like three weeks, so none of that really happened. But yeah, I... the the one I ran the longest was IOW, which I ran for like I think almost a year. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, mine were the first one that I started was the Bloody Wrestling Organization, which of course used like the really generic like whatever blood font. There, there's like a mm-hmm. Mike would probably know this if, if we if we found it. I'm sure we could find the exact font. It was like a font that was bloody, and of course it was red and beveled or whatever. I was I was pretty proud of my web design on that one. That was a pretty good one. It was obviously it was hardcore, so it was all like you know my frame of reference for hardcore wrestling at the time was like ECW and ECW only, so it was very uh, ECW like. Uh, and then I helped a friend on one he he had this idea and he bought the the domain and all that sort of stuff and was like hey can you do the web design and sort of help me out with it and it was called just entertainment wrestling and it took me about six months before i realized the acronym was g-e or j-e-w and <laughs> like at one point he made a show called like holocaust it was like j-e-w holocaust and i'm like what the fuck or like no j-e-w genocide or whatever and it wasn't until then that i was like oh god like what am i doing and that's like one of the reasons why i don't want people to find my because i had no idea like i'm just an idiot i'm just sort of helping yeah. them not even thinking it i'm like yeah just entertainment wrestling just and i never thought of the acronym because i never used the acronym i always sort of used that and then like one time i was like oh god and like and then he like ditched it and like we had a devoted group of people that were into it and like really liked it or whatever and i was like oh god man like now i have to like run the charge of this like definitely like terribly named problematically named uh organization but i ended up running that one for like seven or eight months or whatever because everybody was like no we love it that's a great community and and like it sucked because i had to like sit there and like work on this thing and i didn't like it and i hated it and i wanted to get rid of it but it was like this thing that just sort of it, it spawned that but it was really weird in the sense that i just like you know in my frame of reference being 12 or 13 or whatever i didn't really think of it in that sense and it wasn't until later that i was like oh uh-oh like that's that's probably not good that's probably not what we should call our company or whatever but like yeah but it was like it was weird and then like yeah, i was like guys like i don't really want to run this and there was it was crazy how like devoted everybody was We're like no i know it's kind of weird or whatever we didn't really care we we just like it so it's, it's this weird thing where like you build this community and and people want to break up a community too and that's the thing that i think a lot of us take for granted is is in those days when you would close a fed or or the fed would the, the website would get deleted or something would happen like those guys were gone and like unless you knew them on like aim or knew them on icq like it was very tough to get back into that circle or to figure out where everybody 
was or to, to get every back, everybody back in one spot. Like you really, everything was done on that EFED. Everything was done on the message board or the, the out of character board, or the OC board or whatever. So when like, companies would close or they would go away like, like you would lose that community and be really tough and you have to like kind of pick up the pieces however much you could but then there would always be guys that would drop off like oh yeah this guy i don't know i don't know his name name i i don't have his email i have no idea what's going on with him and you, you would never find that guy again and he would just sort of go off into the ether whereas now like obviously there's so many ways to communicate and there's so many different ways where that would never happen but it sucked like it would just these guys these companies would go away and you would just lose that community so you know when that that thing with the just entertainment wrestling came up they were like no please don't get rid of this because we all like really love being with each other and really love you know sort of organizing we love being in jew exactly (laughs) it was like always this weird thing but it was a big deal when it got when when you would close down a company you would just lose that sense of community and those guys would not get back together (coughs) but yeah so i'll go ahead mike It, it, it was one of those things that like i just went on to facebook just to see and, like, people who I have on Facebook now who I've never, like, unfriended who I have, like, later, like, they added me on Facebook and whatnot. And it's kind of insane, like, thinking about that in a way. You know, like, the community develops and I guess, like, a decade later or so forth, like, and it still endures. And it's just kind of wild in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, have a lot of friends, I have a lot of friends on Facebook that were in FWO, some of whom I thought hated me at the time. Yeah. But <laughs> it turned out, I guess they didn't really. I don't know. Or they did, but they got over it. John oh, you was know, a different rabble razzler. Rabble razzler. <laughs> I was a, look. I was a fucking. You know, I was a jerk off. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like, I was. Well, a, I mean, I was, not much has changed to be honest. Not but that's much all right. Change. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I was very much like a. Um, well, okay, like my pension, and and this is this is true for sometimes starting shit on Twitter and just like just going on there and posting like you know like some people will be talking about so and so and I just go on Twitter and be like yeah fuck this person. <laughs> it's like I kind of I think I kind of was the same, you know, at the time in e wrestling. I'd just be like, well, you know, I would just stir up shit sometimes, and you know, at the same time, I was also like, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like part of the problem too was I was a teenager trying to fake deal with like, you know, like coming out and stuff, and like I remember one time um, I posted a thread um, on the out of character board, like just announcing I was bisexual because I felt like that was something I wanted to do. And I just kind of, you know, I felt like that was going to be affirming to me and being, especially like if this was nowadays, it probably would have gotten a different reaction. I was going to say, but it's probably like, not great in like 2003. Yeah. I like even in the FWO, like, they were, I would say it was probably about half and half, like half the people were just like very supportive and like, yeah, this is great. I'm glad you, you know, you're brave to say this, blah, blah, blah. And they don't have like, why even telling us this? Who gives a shit? <laughs> right. Like, well, I, okay. But I don't know. It was just something I felt like I wanted to do. I wanted to tell people. And, you know. Because that was like your, I mean, I, I a lot of ways would like, and, and it was weird because there'd be times where I wouldn't like hang out with friends because I had to do like role plays, right? I do EFET. And like they became part of my friends and it was kind of hard to describe. I mean, obviously now I think most people would sort of assume that like people they talk to on Twitter or whatever, they would consider friends. Like Joe Lanz, I've never met Joe Lanz in my life, but I would consider him a friend. Like I would consider you guys friends and, and stuff like that where, you know, we interact. But in those days, it was kind of weird where, I would consider those people uh, my friends in the wild So yeah, I see why you would do that. And like, there was a lot of things in those OC boards. People would like, if there was a real issue going on at home or something would, would, would mention stuff. And sometimes people wouldn't take to it very well. And, and sometimes people would, but you, you thought of that community as much more than that. You thought of it as like this close knit group of people that, that all had the similar passion or whatever. And we sort of take it for granted now, but in those days it was, it was hard to do. I mean, it wasn't, the internet's a very different place, you know, in 2000, you know, whatever we're talking early 2000s to what it is today. And it was kind of a, 
a big moment in a lot of ways for you to do what you did and, and for people mm-hmm. to really go out there and, and let some of their personality out there because you were these characters and like, yeah, the OC board was an opportunity to do that, but it was still like a, it, 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 you know, you sort of built this community and, 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 and thought of these people as your friends, but it was still very risky because it was, you know, you still were kind of this anonymous person. You didn't know what people were going to react like, and you really didn't know these people very much. And and sometimes, yeah, there was a lot of issues where people would say things that were really hurtful to each other. And it was like, oh, dude, like, you know what I mean? Like I considered you like kind of, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together online or whatever, but you know, I, I would consider you one of my friends where now I think people tread a little bit more lightly in mm-hmm. terms of that like if they've built like like i wouldn't just all of a sudden like one day just tell all you guys to go fuck yourselves and like go but like because i built up enough equity but in those days like it wasn't that big of a deal like a guy would just like you thought was a cool dude or whatever a guy that you really enjoyed would just like go off the handle and fly out and then just like go away forever and you're like all right whatever like i don't know what happened to that guy but uh so it's just like di- the internet in those days was just so much different and, that, and that's what efed sort of you, you know led to a lot of that or, or or at least sort of took on the persona of the internet in those days yeah and in hindsight i think it's pretty obvious that people people would just have bad days and sometimes just take mm-hmm. it like the, people would like, I, I think exactly what you described that people go crazy and just vanish. I mean, I, I think we kind of see that from time to time, even in our community, I'm like what, like Chris Regal faked his own death. <laughs> but like Chris, basically if Chris Regal was around then he wouldn't have had to fake his own death. He just would have, you know, disappeared. these people said fuck off and, or just disappeared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause nowadays you can't do that. You just, you kind of have to be like, you know, you're okay to get someone being like, I'm quitting Twitter, but like, that's really about it. And then they're back in a week, and <laughs> or yeah. you can tell they're looking, and they're they're yeah. like, I quit Twitter, and then yeah, they they're you know, they and don't I, really. And going off what Rich said, I think one of the things that really kind of changed between like internet then, like when we were in our early teens, and now as 30, 31 year olds, is that we look at it then, like I I think it was very hard for especially like being teenagers on the internet, like and. 98 99 2000 like realizing that these people were actually people behind like the screen names the handler names like the characters whereas i think now now like going out where it says that we treat people a little bit more softly or like more empathetically it's like we i think we've now reached a point that we understand that there's humanity behind all this so like people the way that people would have acted like in 98 99 2000 is definitely not how people act at least ideally around people in 2018 yeah, because even I think even if even if you don't know, you know, even if someone's not using their real picture, mm-hmm. it's just so much more obvious when you're on social media that like there's this feeling of people like this is who they are, basically. Yeah, totally. All right. So do you want to get in some questions here? We got a bunch, actually. Yeah, let's so. go for it. Yeah. yeah, do it. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Connor first because he, he, he sent me his via DM. Okay. His are kind of long. So uh, Connor, of course, at is all right now on Twitter. He's been a guest on here multiple times. Great dude. All time um, great Twitter follow. He said his his questions, this subject, he had locked away in his mind and has now come unlocked thanks to us like a Pandora's box. Um, he said, what was any of you's experience with writing promos? I remember the ones I hung around in. We never tried to actually do wrestling promos. We hype up matches or put each other over. We just shot on each other. Always try to get the last word in with some real self-indulgent indulgent writing along the way. Was this how it was for you? Or did you actually try to make proper promos? Yeah, I'd say it was like we talked a little bit about this before, I think. But it, it was a lot of like um, in the competitive ones I was in. And that was earlier. There's a lot of like people just writing like what Rich was talking about before, like a day in the life or whatever. And then ending it with like you know, talking shit about the other person. And then I can't, the, the really funny thing though, that we could talk about that this brought up, it reminds me when people 
you'd, you'd figure out that you touched a fucking nerve and whatever you said, like either like occasionally it'd be very obvious that you really pissed somebody off with your role play. And like either you said something about their character they thought was like off limits or not cool, or somehow you, you said something about that they took about them. I would see this happen from time to time. And it, it was always pretty funny. It's like, like clearly you're not just reacting like you're reacting in a role play. Clearly you're like actually quote mad online. Yeah, like I I remember like it was the hardest thing for me doing promo role play, especially like when I was younger, like when I went to like straight role play feds later on, it wasn't a problem because basically it just turned into creative writing pieces. But like the thing was was always like trying to like write enough for people. Like whenever it'd be like, okay, it's write at least three hundred words and I don't know if it, how it was for YouTube, but it was tough sometimes. Like think of like 300 words of running down just insane right before you're fa- facing <laughs> a match. There's only so many different ways you can say like, I'm going to break you. I'm going to, I'm going to hit my fire starter on you because that I was bet if you, I bet if you, finishers. I bet if you said insane, you're just, just incredible ripped off. That guy got really mad. Oh yeah. No, no. Like that was the easy thing is like the people that were like the loosely vein veiled, like, like rock ice, uh, Scott, uh, Houston, like whenever you face them, you go like, "Oh, you're just a stone cold <laughs> ripoff." Of course, so like you can you could do it a lot easier that way. But I always found like word limits being like really really hard in those kind of promo pro- role plays. Yeah, it was kind of similar as well. Like that, you know, it, it would be you know you try to do like you said, like oh, I'm going to beat you for that. Here's a little bit of background. Here's what you are. But most of it was like talking shit about their you know layout of the role plays or like talking shit about. Oh, you know, so you really broke the fourth oh. wall! Wow. Oh yeah, I, oh yeah, yeah. You but you would do it in like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge way where it would be like, hey, I was like online looking at you know da da da. It was really weird how you did it, but yeah, no, it was all about like talking shit and really trying to like you know really dig deep into the people and try to make them like feel like crap at the end, which is probably why we were all Hell really. Yeah. Yeah. and all we all really hated each other <laughs> because like yeah it was all about just like talking like shit and then, like you said it would be like the wrestler wrestler shit and then it would be like well i'm kind of out of words for that so let me just talk shit about the person or behind the the character or whatever or like their persona or whatever so yeah it was it was plenty of that which probably led to the the nature of everybody you know really getting mad at each other a lot. you know if that i love that story you gave originally they should have just turned that into an angle it should have been like the old people. Did, did they ever try to turn that into an angle? Uh, no, they didn't. And we always were like, that's an angle. Like, do it. And it was, it was great. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because well, the problem was, is like, this is, I think, 2001 when this was going on. And we were like, look, WCW didn't do it well. Like, here's your chance. Like, here's it is. Here, like, you can do it again. And like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't do it. So yeah, I agree. It would have been a great story, but they sucked. So <laughs> FWF, not that I'm upset or Fuck you, FWF. 18 years later, go Justin fuck Justin Goldman. Yourself. Justin Goldman was the guy that ran the company. Fuck Justin him. Goldman, fuck you. All right. I mean, look, there's a petition. There's actually a petition to get rid of him uh, as a commissioner. If you look up Justin Goldman FWF on uh, Google, I believe you'll find. Uh, oh, that's there's too many Justin Goldmans. I'll find it again. But there was a way. There was like a petition, a petition to get him. To get him? Yeah, awesome. to get him like to be removed as the, the president. So yeah, so um, many people mad online. <laughs> well, his, his other part of this was um, Connor said if the E5 played out in video games that were just played CPU or ZPU, the NEUs get really mad. When you guys ended up losing, and none of us were in those feds, unfortunately, but I imagine they must have. Oh yeah, you, that would piss me off so much. That uh, would have. Okay, so Joe Gagney, the of course another former guest. That's pretty much everybody who sends us questions here is former guest. <laughs> um, he says memories of real life wrestling trends creeping into e fedding. He says, I remember in ninety six, ninety seven, every fed suddenly had one or eight versions of the NWL. I mean, yeah, it's a good one because um. So it's funny that Rich brought up New Blood because I remember in 2000, like the 
the role play fight I was in had a fucking new blood. It was like, yeah, we're going to fucking rip off this terrible WCW angle. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> terrible. Come on. And the, I mean, the, I actually, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like 14 year old John was all about the new blood. And then once I realized how terrible it was, I stopped watching. But like for, for like a week, it was awesome. It was like, oh, these guys are, ah, they're all taking over. Like, I mean, you had above average Mike Sanders there. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's come on. Yeah. Billy Kidman got that one win over uh, Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan still talks about it to this day. Yeah. Puts it over. It's like, hey, look, brother, I let that, you know, I, I let that little guy beat me. The so. flea market <laughs> champion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and then, here's a, you know the biggest one to me, though? Suddenly at, in 2002, every fucking EFED had to have a brain split. Like, they all fucking yeah. were doing that. And, like, they, I remember the FWO was going to have one, right, when they, they brought in all the Survivor people. Yep. And they just kind of never happened. Well, but, there was some real-life circumstances that went in for that. But, yeah, like, there was oh, going to be. Can you tell them? Uh, that stuff we should probably talk about off air. All right, tell me off air, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it, like FWO is going to have like because they like developed like one of them as like a minor league, like kind of basically just like NXT, and they were going to do that. I remember one of the ones was IWO, which had IWO White, IWO Black. Uh, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, so like they happened a lot. The one I remember most was Invasions. That Invasions, like right after like the Evasion storyline, like it seemed like everyone was like trying to find another Fed to do an Invasion angle with. Oh yeah, that's true. They were all trying to, and and you know what? Probably like most of them, way better than the fucking Invasion angle. I mean, it's not too hard though. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So Sean, who I mentioned earlier, said, "How many people did Exodus hold down the FWL? A lot." Uh, re- was... re- read the only reply to that. <laughs> Oh, Zeiss held down the emo kids. How did I hold down the emo kids? Oh, no, I was just shooting shit oh, then. Okay, I don't know. I was like, I, I definitely was an asshole, and I definitely refused to lose to a lot of people, but I definitely, I don't I don't even remember doing anything with the emo kids, so, like, no. was, I mean, because I was heavy in the tag team division, and you weren't. I think we were pretty cool to each other back then. Yeah, I, the funny thing is, like, we were, we were way closer now than we were back then, though. Like, yeah. When you, when you came up, like, when you were like, oh, you remember FFW, I was like, I sort of remember you. It's like I don't yeah. really, we didn't really talk that much. Is the thing. Yeah, but, but well, I remember we ran in different groups back then. Yeah, um, but yeah. So Sean, Sean did. I, I did hold down a lot of people in the FWO. Thank you for that, Sean. Although I never won the world title, that was like my big goal was to have Exodus win the FWO world title. But it never, it never happened. Probably because looking back on it, I pissed everybody off. So John had too much. Heat. I should, I should have done some more jobs. I probably could have gotten that title eventually. Um, although it was a really well protected belt, I'll give him that. Like it was, this is not the, this is not the WWE era of like everybody has a belt, everybody has a term with the, mm-hmm. with the title. Um, let's see, is there any more legitimate questions here? Um, Michael Levi, how you found the EFA? I think we all kind of talked. About, I just found it by searching fantasy wrestling. My right? little brother. Yeah. And you, Rich, you just kind of got an email or something you said? Yeah, I don't remember. I think what we, we, we was on, we were on, like, the WWF chat rooms on AOL, which that was a hotbed, too. That place was oh, yeah. awesome. Those were yeah. great. Like, the Press 1, if you like The Rock, Press 2, if you like Stone Cold. Like, they had, like, the, the sweet trivia games. I don't know if you remember those. Or, like, there was the word sort games that would just, like, these bots that would just come on and... and uh, they would be like these. I don't. They were really weird. I don't know what they were even. I don't even know how to describe them. You had to kind of be there to understand. But yeah, that's sort of where I caught my team. And there were some people that were just asking about it, and and I was on there almost every day on the WWF AOL. Like I would get home from school and immediately go on there and talk, talk, talk. And then I kind of grew from there. And then yeah, it sort of went on from then and then. But one of the funny things is there was a point where I got um, 
my mom just decided to stop paying for uh, like AOL because like she was annoyed of it or something. Maybe I did something. I called somebody an asshole and like AOL like suspended us or something like that. I'm sure it was so. I had to go to the library to, to use the internet. So I remember what I would do is like, and that's when I really started to get into role playing and, and efeds. What I would do is go home. I would get on uh, like Microsoft. I think it was Page. I forget what the hell the program was. It was it was Microsoft's like built in like web design page designer or something like page builder. I forgot what it was exactly. So I would go on and I would grab a floppy disk. And I would put that in and I would go from like the library to my house back and forth, putting, you know, these role plays on a floppy disk, installing them onto the, you know, internet at the library, then going back. And it was just ridiculous and insane what I was doing. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember the AOL chat rooms, if only because Dog did a, uh, did like a ask me anything like back then chat back in the day. And like most kids, of our age, I was obsessed with Road Dog, and it was the first time I ever heard someone very openly talk about in his spare time enjoying masturbating and smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> so I found, by the way, I found the petition to get rid of the uh, the, the ah. commissioner. So I'm gonna read it real quick. This is from Jimmy Luciano, who I remember very much being the uh, the head of it. He he broke off into another company called Superior Wrestling, which I remember joining for a while, a little while. So says, Justin Goldman should not get involved in FWF. He should stay on his webmaster and watch Kellen develop FWF. For one, uh, Justin Goldman is out of touch with the current state of EFEDs. It's obvious. Goldman is always imitating WWE, WWF angles. See Bonebreakers, FWF X, FWF. Are etc. Th- that is no cheap shot. I'm sure I could bring up Gary Brown in the equation. I don't know what any of this is, but uh, that is not the point. If it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In other words, don't get involved. The overwhelming majority supports Kellen Crum, not Justin Goldman. Like Dave Marlowe before him, FWF was ran just fine without Justin Goldman adding his input. I do as feel as Goldman should get his credit for FWF. We should realize that he cannot ever regain the trust of the entire roster. Yeah. Sounds Real like he really betrayed the trust of the F. Um, I don't know what he did. He's betrayed FWF wrestling. Don't fuck around, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this was all very serious business. Oh, no. Like, I, and I'm sure this wasn't like a – because I'm sure I'm look, looking at this. I'm like, oh, this is probably just like a, a, a gimmick. No, like, no, this is like real deal. Like, because he puts in like, if you don't like Justin Goldman, like, join this company here. And like, there was links <laughs> to like other ones. And I remember joining these ones because I didn't like Justin Goldman because he was an asshole. So. <laughs> So Shaw was very much anti-Justin Goldman. Yes, yes. Jimmy Luciano and Mikey Gleister were not uh, pro-Justin Goldman. That's pretty That's pretty awesome. Now, watch it turn out Justin Goldman is like, I don't know, he's, he's like a... Oh, he probably uh, runs like Google or something. He's probably like, yeah, he probably is like, he's probably Mark Zuckerberg or something like that. Yeah. Like he's, he's like super like, successful in life. Or like, oh, could have been, okay. been your friend. I know. You yeah, exactly. Some, you some money. I was thinking more like he's some fucking wrestler. Oh, like that's he, possible too. Yeah, he's like he's like, he's like Walter or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I do remember Efeni with Matt Seidel at one point too. That I do vividly remember, and I'm, I I know I don't know if he's gonna ever admit it, but I absolutely 100 percent remember Efeni with Matt Seidel. So that's pretty awesome because his oh, name oh. was Matt Seidel. So that's how I knew. <laughs> Naturally, oh, uh, who would be the most unlikely wrestler you think that totally e wrestled? Because I think Walter is up there. <laughs> oh man. Like I promised Timothy Thatcher did. Like oh, I, yeah, I guarantee you Timothy Thatcher was an E fetter for sure. Um man, most unlikely E fetter. Yeah, I can think of way more guys that I'm hundred percent positive did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the ones that like these are the guys that keep it like tight, that skeleton in the closet. They don't want to hurt their rep letting the boys know that they wrestled. Because I think that's a fun thing to ponder. Uh, maybe someone like Eddie Kingston or yeah, oh, Eddie would be oh, a good one. Like, or Sammy Callahan, who absolutely 100% e-fetted. Oh, no yeah. doubt in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. 
Like Kingston for sure did too. I bet Kingston is a, is a great one because he would never want to be like, no, I don't do that shit. No, no, no way. I'm cool. Like, but it's like, no, you're not, dude. You're like, you definitely need that <laughs> guy. Uh, Kingston's a great name. That's it. Yeah, I think really Kingston's a good one. Yeah, because he would like try to keep it up. That's like, no, no, I, I, no, I didn't do that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 you, you definitely <laughs> did, buddy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess we could wrap this one up. We're under two hours, but we covered a lot of interesting stuff. We mostly mm-hmm. talked about a lot of drama that nobody. Listening has any idea what we're talking about, but that's okay. A lot about communities, you know, a lot about friendships and communities and getting really mad at people for uh, voting down your role play, which was much better than just insane. That's true. But Rich, do you have any final thoughts on the? Uh, Not really. I would just say, like, kind of what I said at the beginning. I mean, there was good and there was bad about it. Like, obviously, I I spent a lot of my you know early childhood spending time doing this, but I really look back on it fondly. Like, maybe at the time I didn't. Maybe in a few years afterwards, I was like, oh, geez, I really should have been, you know. But it's not like I was really getting invited to great parties or was dating beautiful women anyway. Like, I was kind of gonna do something that was probably it was it was this or video games. I did both. I mean, you know what I mean. It wasn't probably you know what this is probably way more productive than video. Right. Exactly. Let's be honest. Like, I wasn't you know given where i was at the time I, I was not turning down like very you know much better things to do e-wrestling but i really look back on it finally because it, it did set the stage for what the rest of my life would be which was you know doing stuff with the school newspaper doing stuff online doing web design i you know i still do freelance web design starting voices wrestling writing you know doing columns doing you know eventually parlaying that into video and graphic design and all that sort of stuff i look back at it and i wonder had i not gotten an e-feds would i have ever really pursued what i did but it was and i was ahead of the game in a lot of this stuff too like when i got into you know web design classes in in high school like i knew more than almost everybody because i had been doing web design since i was 10 and it was all self-taught it was all sort of teaching myself how to do it because i wanted to be involved in e-wrestling and be involved in this stuff so i always look back fondly on it of like it really did play a big part of my life a big positive part of my life too even if there was stuff on the way there that was maybe you know a negative or maybe stuff that i didn't really you know love at the time or whatever but really all in all I think of it as a positive experience. I'm glad that I spent mm-hmm. as much time as I did doing it. Can I ask you guys one final question then? Does this make you nostalgic at all? Like, do you really want to go fucking do some e-wrestling now? Well, I just found a guy on Reddit that definitely also was in our circle. And I just messaged him out of nowhere. Because it was like, I, then I found a Reddit post where he's like, I was in this company and this company. So I just messaged that dude. Because I am feeling a little nostalgic right now. I'm not going to do it. I don't think. I was going to say, but... should we start the official Voices of Wrestling <laughs> E-Fed? Don't tell me. Uh, no, I, I will definitely, next time I play a wrestling game, make my old e-wrestlers in it, though. There's a guy on Facebook who who messages me at least once a year to try to get me back into e-wrestling. In a way, I guess I should be flattered that he remembers me. But, like, I never – like, he's been doing this to me since, like, 2013 or something. Oh, wow. It's like, if I haven't done it by now, like, I don't think I'm going to do it. But, yeah, he always – and every time he does I think about it. I'm like, hmm – <laughs> do i want to do, do that but then i just like i don't have fucking time because i remember doing that i remember like you know I, I quit maybe in 2003 or whatever and i would always try like you know another year would come by and i'd be like you know what let me try to do it again and i would do it and i would do like one role play I'd be like nah it's just it, once you kind of get out of the the loop you just it's really hard to get back and it's really hard to feel it again and that, and that was yeah. always one of the issues it was like it's hard to get in the in the mindset and the and the repetition of it again mm-hmm, exactly whereas like when you're in your character i was churning stuff out i'm looking back at you know my angel fire page right now because you know i had to be on angel fire because you know all the cool kids were on angel fire but i'm looking back and, and and looking at how much i did and there's you know hundreds upon hundreds of role plays and it was like churning these bad boys out like three times a week and 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 with no like never cared i never was like oh god damn it i gotta do one of these role plays like i, I wanted to do it i looked mm-hmm. forward to doing it and like yeah it was like you're saying once you get off that wagon and like you try to get back on and get it's just impossible to do it because you really felt like you were that character i would sit down at my computer log in and it was like i'm this person i'm this character and i'm you know doing this and i found that another issue too is like 
I would always try to get away from that character. Okay, I got bored of doing Mikey Gleister, so let me try this character. Let me try this character. And it never quite felt right. And I would always go back to Mikey. And I would always go, because that's where I really felt most comfortable. And these other characters, I just couldn't get into them. Whereas Mikey, I could just like immediately start typing. And it was, I, I knew it. it what, was right. what was Mikey? What was he like? Was he like a. So he was a Scotty Too Hotty pick base. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I don't want to say he was, he had. Um, he wasn't like gay, but he, I, I think he, he didn't quite know what he was. And maybe this is weird. Maybe it was me sort of exploring my thing. It was kind of weird. Like he was, and I didn't do it in a very distasteful way. Like I did it. I'm looking back and reading some of these. And it was like a guy who, you know, at times in, in ways, like people would make fun of him and he'd be like, Hey, look, I just, you know, I don't know what I like. And it was like, I'm like, what the hell? Like at 11, how did I even like approach this? In, in a, <laughs> in a awesome. relative, and I'm looking, I'm reading one of these and I'm like, Oh geez. Like I was actually kind of cultured at this time. Like I was okay. But that was the thing is it like people would in role plays call him gay and call him the, and you know, call obviously there was many words that were used yeah. on, online mm-hmm. at this time. And I would always fight that and be like, look, I never said I was, I'm just, I never said what I wasn't like. It was this weird thing where he was ambiguous or whatever, like whatever they would use for gold dust. Like that was sort of what Mikey Gleister was, but he was just kind of this happy go lucky guy. He was like this goofball. He would always like fall into, you know, weird things. And his, his, his uh, manager was named Spaz, which is a rip off of Taz. Cause I wasn't that original, but uh, he would just like <laughs> yell and stuff and be like, you know, the guy, the lackey or whatever. But yeah, Mikey Gleister was this like kind of goofball character. But when the time came, when it was time to get in the wrestling ring, he would turn it on and like really get it going. But I also sort of, tiptoed around the idea like what am i what you know is he is he gay is he not or whatever and it was good because then everybody would sort of role play against that and then i would have another thing to go at them with of like hey look why are you even getting into this this doesn't matter you know what i do in the ring is what matters not what i do you know in my personal life so it's kind of cool that i did that i'm looking back geez i was pretty uh, i was i was good well kid i know yeah i'm looking at this and, and i'm pretty amazed but yeah that was always sort of the and i'm sure there are times when i did get into like you know problematic you know realms but yeah it was always that was sort of the character and and i remember sort of embracing that because it was always a good way and mike talked a little bit earlier how it was hard to know what to really role play about and i remember now that being a big part of it is that i would leave open you know my sexual orientation or whatever and then people would always harp on that and say oh you know you're gay or whatever and i'd be like no you know you know why do you have to use those words like yeah. let's get the ring and, and prove it and i would beat them and be like all right look like you said all that stuff and it didn't matter you know i still you beat played them. yourself yeah exactly so it's kind of cool in that sense so was I he a face or a heel um it depended like that was the thing like I, I was it was again like it was a lot of times i was the heel but it was like the gold dust thing in, in wf where it was like why is he a heel just because he's like a guy yeah. that you know doesn't tell you what is so i was always but there was times where i would sort of endear myself to people and eventually become a face but i would always start out as a heel and then over time they would sort of respect me. It was like it was like a a proto Ellsworth, but like not necessarily as horrible as James <laughs> Ellsworth. Where it was like you know I would then like actually prove myself in the ring and actually be a good wrestler. But I would start off like a geek, and everybody would laugh at me or whatever. And and I would tell guys like, hey, they had me lose the first seven matches, but then or whatever you know the first handful of matches, and then I would sort of move on and and go on and start winning a little bit and sort of earn the respect. And that was kind of always a fun story to do. So that's kind of how I came in. I came in as the geek, the jobber that would sort of earn his respect in the, in the company. And you won the world title with that character. I did. Yes. And then I like, once it was done, I was just like, Oh, all right. Like I reached the mountaintop and and I never got back into it. Like I lost Mm -hmm. the title like a month later and it just, it never felt the same. It was like, well, I did it. Like I, what, what more do you do? Like you, you reached the mountaintop. So it was kind of tough. The yeah, I, I would always role play heels way more than baby faces too. Although Exias eventually did get a face turn, and I just it never felt right to me though. Like I always, was a weird face; it didn't work. Yeah, like I try <laughs> to make the only way I made him a face was just like he was just really so pissed off at you know some other terrible character, but like it never felt like he he really should be a face. He's very much like supposed to kind of be like the anti-hero, I guess. Right. 
mm-hmm. it never it never really I, it never worked for me either. Like I just was much more happy being the heel. So I don't know. I always play tweeners. I always play tweeners. I like uh, my characters all had edges about them. Like they were people that tried to do good, but in their own mind, but in a lot of ways, it came off as very poorly. Other than like one chicken shit character I made that was basically what would have happened if uh, Masato Yoshino, someone from Masato Yoshino's skills, was completely like just doped up all the time. <laughs> that well, does sound pretty funny. Well, well, like thinking he was from outer space. His nickname was the Interstellar Hipster Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. <laughs> and I feel like most people I, played the tweener too. Like that was yeah. always kind of the the e-fed thing was like cuz then you could kind of play both ends and, and oh, it was yeah. much more fun to like nobody wanted to be like just like in real wrestling nobody wants to be a white knees baby face. Like that's boring as hell. Like you yeah. know nobody wants to be the yeah. you know kissing children and hugging, you know that's just, you know. The people who would really who re- would really do that, I was always just like what's wrong with you are you like a psychopath in real life and you're you're role-playing the the baby catcher because you're like i wonder how this feels it's like very weird yeah they must really like superman too yeah like grand frontier that was another he was a cop yeah oh yeah grand frontier was a cop ultimate cop (laughs) (laughs) there was my guy was jason hartnett was his name or hartnell i believe was his name and he was like a triple h pick base but was just like the god of the world and like i was just like and i would always be like you're just lame as hell man like come on like nobody's nobody wants to be that and he would like he like owned it too like this guy even in real life you would talk to him and like role play or like in like icq or aim or whatever and he was like that dude in real life he was like no i'm doing a great thing and my, i'm like okay dude like whatever i'm so great yeah that kind of person that, that guy yeah. straight up has bodies in his basement oh yeah. for sure no i'm positive that guy is in jail right now for for murdering someone but yeah but like the i was gonna just talk about like because because mike mike giving his shitty character made me want to give my shitty character like my my shittiest weirdest character do you remember mike cali satiros slash eternity like she I, was like, yeah she was yeah. this girl who had multiple personalities and then like i wrote this weird role play where she went to like a temple and found like this a, a fucking like gundam char mask and like put it on the mask and talk to her and that'd be how she was eternity and then she like would cut people open it was really it was really bizarre shit I, I always look back at it and realize like wow people must have been like what the fuck was john doing <laughs> but like I had to express myself that I was a a a weird gender and sexual ambiguous like weeaboo. That's basically what I was doing. So you have to find your truth, everybody. That's Absolutely. that's ultimately yeah. ultimately your goal. My truth was blue hair girl, char mask, and like sliced open wrestlers' foreheads. That was my truth at the time. My truth was <laughs> a uh, was a tag team of kids who listened to way too much emo emo music or someone who thought that they were from outer space and wrestled like Masato Yoshino. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I guess we can wrap it up here, though. We did a, we did a lot stuff, more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. I don't know if anyone on Earth is going to like to listen to it, but I, I had a good time recording it. So Yeah, this was awesome. Plus, and plus, when it comes out, I'll be in Spain, so you know, I, won't, I won't know. If everybody hates it, I'll just be like, la-di-da. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know shit. Don't talk to me. But I'm busy doing what other people do in Spain. I don't even know. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Rich. Thank you, Mike, for coming on. Rich, you have now earned the right to have me annoy you about the wrestling omakaze year-end award bout again. I know you must be Perfect. very excited. Yes, yes, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I enjoy doing it. <laughs> Next, this time you need to come on the award show, though. Yeah, you got it. Okay, good. 
And we'll, maybe we'll have you on again before then. It's a long way to, till December. But, um, Michael, at some point, I assume we'll do open the voice game together. <laughs> yeah, hopefully before you go to Spain, which would make things really weird in this whole time continuum you've made with this pocketed episode. <laughs> So, guys, you probably will listen to Open the Voice Gate before you listen to this episode. But, John, we need to record an episode of Open the Voice Gate. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I got <laughs> Maybe you and Milo can do one without yeah. me. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. All right. Um, plug something. I don't know. You, you plug. My Twitter is too shit. So, no, I don't go. Don't follow it. Don't try to spell it. Just, just leave it alone. Um, <laughs> what's, your, what's your Twitter, Mike? Uh, you can find me at Fujiheya, that's with two eyes, or you could rest, read my new Lucha blog that I've started that's called Lucha2018 at WordPress.com, or dot .wordpress.com. I was going to say, what is a fucking well, email? Like? Yeah, yeah, it's an email address. You, you send me an email, then yeah, I write... Send you everything back. Yeah, 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 yeah then, then I write to you about a random Rush match I watched <laughs> last week. That's how it works. No, it's Lucha2018.wordpress.com. And uh, my stuff's easy, voiceofwrestling.com, of course, uh, at Voices Wrestling. And then if you want to uh, support the uh, Voice of Wrestling on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling as well. Yeah, you guys just put out a new... Well, why? Not? there's no point in plugging. I was about to plug the new thing you just put out, but this will be two weeks later. Yeah, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the time-space right. continuum, guys. Um, all right. And, of course, you can follow us at Wrestle Omakaze, not wrestling, because it wouldn't fit. The second time I had had to change my podcast fucking name to the Twitter handle because it wouldn't actually fit on Twitter. Well, you guys know because you're at Voices Wrestling instead of yeah, exactly, yeah. fucking Twitter handle limits. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, so at Wrestle Omakaze, and of course, if you search for us on iTunes, if you want to just follow Wrestling Omakaze iTunes feed or whatever podcast software you use, you can do that. All right, folks, thank you for listening. Um, I don't know what episode 37 is going to be. It's going to be three weeks from now when I'm doing this. It could be any fucking thing. So I guess we'll find out when we get closer. Bye, everybody. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.